Yeah. You know, like. Well, there was a guy at the, the coffee shop who I walked in and I was like, oh, I guess somebody else is playing with him. And I'm watching and he has like two guitar. He has a guitar, a bass. And a oh, yeah. And he loop pedals everything. Uh-huh. That's uh, Sam Young. Really good. Yeah. He's brother of one of the owners and he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's been playing guitar I mean, longer than I have. I've known he I've known him since 2007. Mm-hmm. So he was a young lad then. And yeah, he just I knew him when he first started playing guitar and it was just he was so diligent and wanted to learn and, and not just learn, but like learn to do it right. Mm-hmm. And this is something where like I'm probably the farthest thing from a perfectionist. So when I like meet somebody like him who's just like, I'm going to sit and I'm going to learn every scale. I'm going to learn what the difference between this size string and with this size string, what what all this actually means, like the the techniques and the technology behind his instruments and stuff and that's why he can do something amazing like that is because yeah, he's he, awesome yeah he put the hours in the cool thing about the uh the coffee shop too is it's one of the only venues now where if you you could be uh, the a billy trey and you're not 21 and it's a hard time to play in bars but if you pick up your acoustic and you want to get some chops and just get some you know you can go to the coffee shop mm-hmm. you could be a musician who's 16 years old and, and mm-hmm. get your first couple chops singing in a place yeah i mean like that's that's the that's the dream, right? Mm-hmm. Like to just be able to provide a place for kids to just come out and practice what they're passionate about. Yeah. You know, I we had when I was a kid, we played at the Roller Roost, and that was like mm-hmm. the spot that that we had there, and that was great for what it was. I mean, that was a phenomenal venue. Just, I mean, insofar as for what it was, yeah. You know, and hopefully, I mean, I I do all the not all I book like half of the shows there, and um. I mean, that's something I'm always looking for is just like who isn't playing out? Who does the who doesn't want to play bars? You know, you can come here because mm-hmm. playing the bars is hard, man, especially for like for acoustic people, because yeah. no one cares about me. Like, I'm just like fun background music. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable because yeah. you go to see somebody like Look Alive or Montango and they're just blasting you with energy. Yeah. Whereas like me, like I can do that on some level. But like you any if I just had a drummer behind me, it would be a, a thousand different. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's a different delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different delivery. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, you have like the boys upstairs who are an acoustic, but mm-hmm. they but they bring a band energy. Mm-hmm. They go up there and do something crazy. Yeah, those guys are phenomenal. The how they can just, I mean, they're all super talented. Yeah, that's that's why I'm Tom Zalega is a a really good buddy of mine. He got me one of my first shows around the area when I moved mm-hmm. back, and I just I love talking with him. A couple, God, I can't. I can't even remember when this was, but I was uh, coming home from work one night. This was before the coffee shop was open, and I was like late at night, and I went down to uh, Roma to get some pizza, and I bumped into Tom on the street, and he's like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I just got off work. He's like, well, come in for a beer. So I went into the Eagle up on 2nd Street in Pottsville. Oh, yeah, I love that place. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we had a beer, and then... Next thing I knew, it was midnight, and he's like, all right, we got two more bars to go to before we're going home. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Um, And yeah, I mean, he treated me the whole time. We had a great time talking about uh, the importance of a a set list that flows properly and, like, the importance of performing. I love Tom to death. Yeah, he's amazing. One of my best friends. Yeah. He uh he was a great addition to the to the boys and mm-hmm. he can go do his own thing and he's he, his his songs he covers are songs that you don't hear covered very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he is this um and his originals are good too. 
Yeah, I was gonna say he has a song called Maker's Maker's Mark. Mark. Yep, awesome song. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like that's one of the things like when we were talking uh, off mic about how I don't think any of my songs are good or anything like mm-hmm. that. Especially when I hear a song like that, I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There goes you know I I understand why he because I'm one of those singer songwriters who will be like I I started this song today and I need to finish it today mm-hmm. and it's not a good practice because yeah. I'll get tired and I'll be like you can just kind of like fluff the last verse or whatever it doesn't really matter like and that's not a good way to go about yeah. songwriting you can tell when you're listening to a song too and they do that like all mm-hmm. right i really like i'm really about the first verse i really mm-hmm. like my chorus mm-hmm. and then i just need some filler to fill it mm-hmm. yeah and that's well i'm yeah i'm like super conflicted at the moment songwriting because a lot of my older stuff was very traditional folk style in the sense of just three lines and then a refrain or something mm-hmm. like that. Just something that repeated itself. Not really, I didn't do choruses much. And I want to get back there, but I also find myself wanting to do things that are a little bit more, I don't know, like a little time, sh- like time changing or just going from finger picking to strumming more. Just yeah. change it up, but I'm having the hardest time trying to lay that old structure on top of these things. But it, I mean, the fun thing about songwriting is and you can do whatever you want yeah and you can make it your own mm-hmm. all right well that we'll probably use a lot of that for the intro <laughs> sure, yeah. i think that's a good intro <laughs> so hey everyone this is anthony with interviews everyday people um this is episode 28 i believe that's exciting 28 um here with tim timothy mingle right am mm-hmm. i saying that right mm-hmm. um from you you know you may know him as timothy mingle or from churches and trains that's, yep. that's how i first met you mm-hmm. um playing a show of goodfellas um that was interesting. I, I so I had um, Mahantongo Look Alive Boys on, and I'm like, man, who who would be somebody fun to interview in the area? And they're all like, you got to get with Tim. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to get him on. And then we kind of start talking, and mm-hmm. and here we are. We, yeah. we finally got it together. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I love those guys though. They're like, I don't know. They they they. I'm I'm probably a decent bit older than most of them. And by decent, I mean like four, five, six years, something like that. I'm older that. than everybody. Yeah. I'm always like, like how old are you? I'm 32. I'm 29. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. But I see in them, or they, they, they give me like, they renew that vigor within yeah. me to like, uh, be about this life and and yeah, you know, just to go out there and have a, a fun time. I mean, we always joke that they're. I mean, the Montango guys are your typical pop punk dudes. Yeah, and that's great. You know, I love having that energy. We've we've had them. I don't know if you've heard about my barn shows. I know I talked to you about yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, you're doing one this weekend. Yep, on the the sixth. Um, what time does it start? Starts at six. So six, six at night. Six. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's a Facebook event for that. Um, but yeah, uh, I've had them play a bunch, and they're always like just such a fun time. They're always like wherever they play, they pack out the house. So it's, yeah. that's why we had them as the first uh, show press because it's like we know we're gonna have a, a decent turnout. Yeah, and I was exactly right. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's that's why I booked them on Skookstock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. When like so I I started getting back in the music scene, and like I said, I attribute a lot of my uh, my connections and meeting people because I, I I hung out with the boys upstairs for a long time. Um, and then I was like, all right, I kind of wanted to start doing this. And I told him like, Hey, I want to kind of do my own thing. Like it's, it's fun hanging out with the shows and carrying the stuff in and every now and then going up and rapping or singing and being sure. an idiot. But sure. I, I, I need something for me. I need something that mm-hmm. I can make my own. Yep. So I started going to see other bands and, and, and start doing the podcast thing. But, um, I was like, Oh, I, if I wanted them to play Skookstock, but 
Steve's going to be a papa like mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I can't risk going to play right, if I get yeah. a phone call, which is completely understandable. That's always next year. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I, I, I was like, oh man, I got to have Montango. I have to have a look alive. Japan. Like I, the, the six six bands I picked are like, mm-hmm. I just feel like every time you go see them, it's yeah. high energy and they're a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love playing with all those guys. I've, uh, I mean, a lot of, well, I'm trying to think. I know when Brett was on here, he told a story about, uh, when we first met, I was a young emo kid, mm-hmm. and we met at some music shop or whatever. So, like, I've known a lot of those guys for a long time. I've I've been a part of this scene since I was like thirteen. Was that was when I was wow. in my first band, and um, yeah. So it's just like we were talking about off mic of just seeing so many super talented people mm-hmm. in this area. It's like because I I've done like I've traveled a, a bit, and a lot of the places I go, I don't see this same uh, just raw talent Mm -hmm. like okay so i there was this one time i went to an open mic in iowa city and it was terrible (laughs) like everyone was bad and like and i don't say that because like i've played a thousand shows that have been terrible yeah yeah, probably played a thousand and one shows maybe you just you went to that one night where everyone everyone just had their worst night of their lives (laughs) so i always thought that maybe it was because there's just nothing here that there's People just sit around and become creative because yes. of nothing else going on, or they become alcoholics or, or yeah, drug addicts. So that, but, that's that was our th- my theory too. I forget what show I said it on, but like you have this area has a clear path. If you stay positive, positive, motivated, and have a clear direction, the world is yours because mm-hmm. determination gets get, goes you very far. Mm-hmm. Go, goes very far in this area, like. I have a lot of respect for a lot of these business owners in, the, in our area mm-hmm. because a lot of these business owners, yes, they might have started somewhere, but they've worked hard to maintain and keep it going. Mm-hmm. Like you look at um, like the Murphys and Sophia's Jewelers, like mm-hmm. they've been a name in our area forever. Mm-hmm. That's um, a jewelry store, yeah, you know, like, and that's like, that's an expensive, that's a hard thing to keep yeah, going. You have these business owners that do the restaurants, like you have Savas, who mm-hmm. literally in a short amount of time has went from a bar manager of strikers to now owning he's going to be owning his second restaurant yeah the hard work pays no, out yeah i mean that's you know what i mean that's okay so i'm i'm very very good friends with uh the one of the owners of pressed uh his name's abby weaver and her I, family yeah hard worker like, yeah absolutely every i mean and, every and one how of many them car just, dealers are in the area yeah tons yeah but the weaver name stands above almost all of them yeah and it's 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 just because I mean everyone in that family is running at a hundred and twenty percent at all times. Yeah, and like I, something I say to Abby is I think she she thinks she takes it a little bit uh, not in the best way, but I mean it with like the the greatest of hearts is that like I wouldn't want her life because she's just overwhelmed with mm-hmm. just all these meetings and just people who don't know what they're doing and they're trying really hard and she's helping just mm-hmm. more like just helping out of the generosity of her heart. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, you see people like Savas who really just I want met to... Abby through Savas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Savas comes into the dealership, or the dealership, the coffee shop. I don't know where I work. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, he comes in the coffee shop a good bit. And so that's, it's always nice to, like, I don't, I'm probably never going to go into businesses or anything like that. But you it's never like, know. Yeah, but it's cool to be like, I know people. And, like, to see that it's definitely doable. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that it's been incredibly hard for everyone involved in all of these projects 
But to see that's like, oh, okay, so this isn't outside of the realm of possibility, but it has to be like you're saying, like, yeah. dedicated. You, got, you, you got have to want to put it in. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I, I get all the time from the people that I do these shows with and outside people, like, do you ever sleep? Like, because you're like, are like, I leave work at six because I work a full, I work a normal 40 hour day job like everybody else. And mm-hmm. I, I go from a 40 hour day job and then I put another 80 hours in that week of just this podcast. And everyone's right. like, you do four different shows. You're here. You're at bands. You're shaking hands. You're, I'm like, you have to. Mm-hmm. I got to work just as hard outside that I do mm-hmm. inside. And, and you got to, because you're not, if you don't network, you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like being a kid and my friends would play a lot of that what if fantasy like what Mm -hmm. if we won a million dollars you know and like that's fun but like at a certain age you have to realize that that's not that's not gonna happen you know you want instead of what if what can i do too mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i think well that's because it's it's the total change in perspective of people being like i just want to receive something instead of being like i'm gonna go out and get it Mm -hmm. you know and i think that that's that's totally like for me i I moved to Oregon in the summer of 2017, and I would say one of the reasons that I did it was because I just had this revelation. I Because I, I remember saying this to someone, I'm like, one day I'd like to live in Oregon. And then I'm just like, well, when does one day happen? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just some myth that I made up one day. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows if that'll ever rear its ugly head, yeah. you know? So I'm like, well, I guess... Geez, you got to do it, yeah. you know, like, Put it's up not, or shut up. Well, right. And it's yeah. like, I think the thing with like music or any form of art or podcast or like anything that you want to do, like, it's not just going to happen. No, you have gonna. to like put it, you have to put in your hours. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I first started this, um, it was, it was more therapy for me. Mm-hmm. I, I saw, like, I grew up athletic. I, I loved playing sports. I loved doing all that. 16, I was diagnosed with like a joint disorder. Mm. And I was told, stop playing sports now, because if you don't, by the time you hit your 30s, you're going to have a body of an 80-year-old. Mm. Or they said 60. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but when you get that old, I'm sure it doesn't change yeah. that much. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, who's 30? I, I mean, I don't really know what 30's going to be like. And I just hit 30, yeah. and they didn't. They weren't lying. I should have stopped playing sports. Uh, <laughs> but then I got to the point where I, I, I put on some weight. I can't be as active as I want to. Like my stress relief was to go out and play basketball till the till the sun came up the next day. Mm-hmm. That was my way of releasing. Um, mm. And then I was like, man, I need to like everything I've ever put into. I can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. Or if I can, I can't do at the same level. Yeah. And I'm the type of person if I I have to be all in or I'm not in at all. So then I I turned it to coaching, and I loved mm. coaching. So I coached soccer for a long time. And then it's just really hard to find a job that you could be a full time coach as well. Right. So I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta, it, I can take these low low jobs, or I can stop doing the coaching and, and work on a better a career. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. So I had to stop coaching, and then my slump fell in because I had nothing to keep myself active. So the not an active mind where I had to because I'm I need to like when I start something I gotta turn it to eleven, mm-hmm. and I gotta be super in depth with it. Like when I'm not doing it. I'm researching, I'm looking, I'm like, man, if I did this or this or this, and I'm always brainstorming because if I stay active, mm-hmm. I'm good. But right. if the second I sit down, I'm like, ah, and you decompress and you have nothing to do the next day and the day after that, you're like, mm-hmm. the anxiety, the depression. Right. Well, I, I was talking to somebody about this recently about the idea of if, well, we were talking about the idea of universal basic income, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get political. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I think there's, I, I think I, I would agree to it to some degree 
but I think the human need for purpose is inescapable. Mm -hmm. And I think that you'll get people who will use that money and will use it properly to fund themselves and their, their ambitions and their arts and their, mm -hmm. their skills or what have you. But then there might be people who just try to live off of that. And I think yeah. that that's fine too. Yep. But I think ultimately you're going to come to that place of like, I need something to do. Yeah. You know? And cause I think, I, I think we're, that's just the kind of animals we are. It's mm -hmm. just, we need to work. Yeah. So when I first started this as well, I was like, man, this is going to be a fun hobby. Mm -hmm. And then my friend, uh, Nikolai, who helped me. This like, isn't something you can just make a stop, hobby. Stop saying hobby because, yeah. and I'm not trying to like, this is not my words, but he's like, you're too good at what you're doing to be calling this a hobby. Mm -hmm. He goes, you're, 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 the work you're putting in is not is not hobby work. Right. He goes, you need to start getting that mentality that you're in it to win it. Mm -hmm. And you, uh, and I don't mean about like, no, not work. Because I'm, I'm very, I work with people. I'm still open. My door's always open. I don't care if you do the same thing I do. I'll work with you. But I, I've that switch hit maybe a month ago where I'm like, you know what? Like this isn't a hobby anymore. Like I'm working at this. Mm -hmm. If if it ever became a career, cool. If it doesn't, cool. Mm -hmm. But I wanna, I, I wanna, I'm trying to take it to the next step now. Right. You know what I mean? I want, and I. Well, I think that that's there's something to be said about getting. I don't know. Maybe like titles are taboo, especially like in a field like podcasting where mm -hmm. you kind of, or even like writing or being a musician, is you have to self-subscribe those titles. And that can be, A, that'll turn people off because you they're like, oh, you're a podcaster for a living? And yeah. it'll be like that attitude, which they can go fuck themselves. Yeah. But like, realistically, you, you could say, you could break anything down until it sounds mm -hmm. stupid. Mm -hmm. Like Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, because, well, when I was living in Oregon, I uh, intentionally worked part-time to work on this book and just other stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm... I'm an artist now, you know, like this is what it means. Like I remember the day that I, I started working part time, I went out and bought myself some whiskey because I'm like, this is what writers do. Mm -hmm. They drink whiskey, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, so <laughs> I'm like, like you home. put yourself in your own stereotype. Yeah. yeah. And I like, and I think, I think people get turned off by that because they don't want to be like, you don't want to be cliche. You don't want to seem very pompous or something like that. Mm -hmm. But if you just own up to who you are, then then you don't have to worry about appeasing these other people that are just, they're not even going to read your shit anyways. Yeah, they're not going to listen less. to your music. Then yeah. what does it matter? Yeah. Like, they're just some, like, just fart blowing in the wind. Yeah. That's all it is. Like, people go like, oh, man, I really love to listen to your podcast, but I looked at it and it was a two-hour interview. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I don't do two-minute things. Like, yeah. I'm sorry your attention. Like, for me, I hate going on YouTube and finding a clip like I found this really, really good video. I'm not political, but I, I always try to watch both sides of the spectrum just to kind of get, I, I like to see where the world is sitting mm -hmm. and it makes you wear around it and it kind of puts you like, okay, I can develop my pit center point and I can see where both sides are coming from if, if that conversation ever happens. Mm -hmm. And it was a video of, it was, it was, it was all, everybody in the video was at, was black, African-American and there was left wing and right wing, but they were the same people, same culture. They all came from the same neighborhoods, the same, mm -hmm. that same lifestyle. Because I know a lot of people always say, oh, black lives are different than white lives and Hispanic. They took the same thing, like both sides were, were black, and they said one, one side was very right wing and one was very left. And the video was chopped up to a six minute video. Mm -hmm. And they literally took them arguing the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then at the last 30 seconds, they're like showing everyone like, oh, that was fun. Let's take a picture. 
And I was so disappointed because I was like, I wanted to see that. I would have watched that for two hours mm -hmm. because that's that's human interaction. That's storytelling. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. people getting to the heart of things. Mm -hmm. And and you're telling me that these people got to the point where they were getting visibly angry at each other. And, also and then they... by the end, they're like hugging each other and let's take a group photo. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see that transition. Right. You well, know what I mean? I guess for me, it'd be like there's clearly some sort of bias or some anytime there's editing of a debate or something like that, it's yeah. like you have you're not editing without a purpose yeah and i'm not going to say whatever that purpose is mm -hmm. but like i don't like that because that means i'm hearing something out of context yes like i'm i yeah and i i try not to i i i do this and i think that it's right yeah hopefully because i i do it but i'd like to be educated like you said about all the issues and every mm -hmm. stance of it and not to stand outside of those things, for a lack of a better term, and look at them and see them as tools to when a situation might need mm -hmm. that idea or that philosophy or something like yeah. that. And I try not to attach myself to those things because then you get caught in ideologies or you know you have to defend your political party to the death and, mm -hmm. and you can't critique yourself yeah. and you can't be a, a real person if you're just a reflection of an echo yeah. of something you've heard. You I, know? I, I like to compare when people are super diehard for their political party, even though in their their mind there's probably some things about their political party they don't like, mm -hmm. is like when you're someone's favorite sports team's best player like does something terrible, like, mm -hmm. like killed or beat up their girlfriend, and they're like, but uh, did you see the video? She kind of spit on him. Yeah. Like, you're like, because he's on my team. I'm like, come on, just... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what that, that leads <laughs> to. And I think, I don't know, I think... I think what's really important is looking at people from their who they actually like are and not mm -hmm. just their who they pretend to be but like how that's a big thing too. People right. people when people get into a public limelight or or even like when they do something like this like I know people who podcast and they're like okay when I podcast I need to be the person I think everybody wants me to be mm -hmm. and I I learned I I said from the very very beginning that I'm not going to do that mm -hmm. like I'm going to sit and have a beer on camera you know what mm -hmm. I mean but on the same token if I have an interview where I talk about real like an alcoholism mm -hmm. I'm not going to obviously do that right. but I mean I'm not going to sugarcoat and say who I'm not I'm I'm not going to perceived to be someone I'm not. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. our podcasts have curses in it, but mm -hmm. I don't edit them out. Mm -hmm. We talk about things that may offend you, mm -hmm. but it's not intended to be that way. It's just natural conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, So I don't... So if someone tries to come up to me later on, like, oh, well, you put yourself... I'm like, nope. The way I am on this camera is exactly how I'm going to be if you see me out in public. Well, right, because it's like... God, that sounds exhausting to have to try yeah. to live up to this persona of Could being... you imagine if Jimmy Fallon got mm -hmm. caught blowing lines of coke in a nightclub right now mm -hmm. and he's america's sweetheart as this talks mm -hmm. like now realistically people who know jimmy fallon he's a party animal yeah so like i guess for me i would be like yeah let the man do coke yeah you know like that's what like but it, people be they would their heads would explode well okay so this is like i i live i was in a christian community for a very long time that's and, exhausting isn't it yeah <laughs> no, that's, we can talk about that later but the seeing people who would get offended in church by like the word damn or something and then like you know that the job that they work that people talk like that so it's mm -hmm. like you're you're living this double life and and everyone and i won't say everyone a lot of people do that and it's not just religious folks but it's i mean the rock stars do it yeah 100 like i i mean i know people who um probably aren't in the music industry anymore is or music 
whatever it is, because it's it's too much for them. It's yeah. too much for their psyches to bear to go up and try to be this this hyper person, and it's like that's that's insustainable. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's so much easier just being yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's okay. So this I I I I got this from my buddies one time because I can be like just very silly. I can also get very serious and. I, I don't really filter myself. I, I usually say what I'm thinking. And for the most part, I don't really give a fuck how people respond to it. Like, yeah. obviously, I don't, I'm not out to hurt or offend anybody, but I'm not also, I'm just living my life. And yeah. That's how it's going. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends would be like, well, Tim, like, aren't you scared that that'll scare away a girl or something like that? I'm like, uh, I would want it to, like, any girl that can't, like, be with me and, yeah, this, that's something I love about my girlfriend is that she loves me. She loves my silliness. She loves mm-hmm. me making just stupid jokes and just being like, well, why? I don't have to worry about showing her like this like real side of me when I've always been like, this is me. Like what you see is what you get. Yeah. And, yeah. I, think, I think a lot of people too, when they start in the relationship thing or friendship thing, they put on a persona of who they want, who they think that person they're trying to build that relationship, whether it be a friendship or a physical intimate relationship um i I, they put on a thing where like i think this is the type of person that person wants to be with Mm -hmm. and then you're dating for two years and you're like then you you move in and you're like oh i'm gonna be me now and that person like wait a second Mm -hmm. who's this person Mm -hmm. and you're like oh fuck like i'm the same way when i met my when i met my wife we were together eight years before we got married Mm -hmm. and not to get political but we always joked around like hey the day everybody's allowed to get married we'll get married Mm -hmm. and the year like it just came up like the year Mm -hmm. you know gay marriage was like equality was was passed we're like oh we got to do it now we're doing it you know what i mean yeah Um, terrain was terrain myricks of alcoholic i think he had that same uh philosophy and now he's married yeah yeah that's funny yeah. yeah, but it's it's just be yourselves, people. Yeah, it's not that hard. You're yeah. doing it right now. Yeah, <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing, Do, and you'll be fine. And keep keep it pushing. <laughs> so, uh, so you said you've been in the music scene for a long time. What are some of the bands or types of music you 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 cross paths with? Oh man, so I started out in like a very just straight emo band. We covered this was when I was 13. We covered um, maybe 13 is too young. 14, 15, somewhere in that area, but young. And we were just covering like Hawthorne Heights and a Trey U. Yeah. And um, 15 years old, I was like, I, I was obsessed with music, but never once it crossed my mind, like, I should go pick up an instrument. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I never did that. Like, mm-hmm. I was obsessed with it. Dude, I'll say this like, I, poetry and writing and words have always been super important to me. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what got made me want to be in the music scene was like, here's a, uh, avenue by which I can share these things or, or do these things or participate in these things. And yeah, I've, I don't know. I was, I've, I've just always, it's always been like that draw for me. Like I want to be a part of this. I want to, whatever this is happening, yeah. I want to be a part of it. But I was, okay. So I was in that band. We were called less than three because that's the, the heart thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we were called that. Um, I can't remember what my next band was, but the band, um, I started in this band called Spartacus You're So Cute and it was the genre that we gave it um, was Nintendo Pop Tech Core okay and you so, have to be at Nintendo <laughs> and so <laughs> we we were super into like Horse the Band I don't know if you mm. okay so they were like a they were like a heavier band just super like spastic that had uh, was very keyboard focused and we wanted to do that 
so it started off with just this drummer and I, um, and we were just writing like poppy sounding songs that like would occasionally have like heavier parts. And cause we were just like, this was like during the MySpace heyday and we were listening to just cr- these crazy bands online. Like, mm-hmm. um, Bubblegum Octopus was just this weird like dude who, you know, Fruity Loops? Yeah. Okay. So there'd just be like some guy on Fruity Loops and just like pretending to sing like a girl and then like doing a deep monster voice and it's just like these weird stuff mm-hmm. that's one thing there's like, a guy like right now that i'm obsessed with like I, I i'm gonna butcher his last name sure but it's mark ribbelt or rebuilt or something mm-hmm. he's he 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 looks he's like i don't want to say like the hipster look but he has mm-hmm. like the combed over vaudeville and hair with the glasses the mustache super skinny guy and mm-hmm. he has a beat machine mm-hmm. and he just literally at a keyboard and he'll just loop a beat and he'll just keep looping it and adding more to the beat. Mm. And then he just sings these, like, hilarious songs. I think I've heard of him. But he's super talented. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like he can make a beat like that. Mm-hmm. And, like... Ooh, here's a good talk. So, like, I, I actually struggle with people who are... Because I know a, a decent amount of people that are like this. That are super talented, but they write silly shit because they're too scared to... Yeah. This is my assumption. They're too yeah. scared to actually be like, if I really tried... Because, like, it's not hard to write a silly song. Mm-hmm. Like, at least not, not for me, but maybe I'm just a silly person. Yeah. Um, I was born in a rodeo. Yeah. I don't know. Rodeos wouldn't have those. What am I thinking of clowns? I guess, you know, rodeos hey, rodeo. clowns. Or circus. That's what I was thinking of. Um, <laughs> Where else would clowns be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clownfinder.com. The White House. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh. Slam fire. dunk. Um, no. But, uh, oh, God, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, no, but for like, these, these musicians who were like, just just like blow my mind talented and then they're just like look how wacky i am yeah and i'm like that's great and it's fun but like man i bet if you but also i'm like i take myself way too seriously with my music like i don't think i have one funny song and i'm like a i I lean to being a funny person and i don't know i take myself too seriously probably yeah Yeah, one of my favorite bands is one of those bands oh really steel panther I don't know. So Steel Panther is like they're an 80, 80s metal gimmick band. Okay. And all their songs are like big gangbang at the old folks home mm-hmm. and Bukaki Tears and <laughs> yeah. Glory Hole. And, God, but they're insanely talented. Mm-hmm. They have one song that's not really like drug, sex, rock and roll and inappropriate. And it's mm-hmm. a song they open every show with. It's called Eye of the Panther. And it's a legit 80s hair metal song. Yeah. That's phenomenal. That's awesome. But they're, I guess they just got sick of being turned down by every label. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I mean, if we make dick and fart and pussy jokes people will people love it. like it and yeah. they went and played the viper room and they thought it'd be funny to put spandex on and do their mm-hmm. hair and fluff it out and they went mm-hmm. out and played and they're like you guys should do this every week and they're like told you yeah <laughs> they're like cool it's gonna pay my rent let's just keep doing it <laughs> i okay so there was this one nickelback song and i didn't know it was a nickelback song at the time but my mom played it for me with some friends of hers because we were in my mom's uh barn there's a like an old jukebox that really yeah like standing up like has a hundred where's this barn this barn at it's in auburn Auburn. yeah so like out like if you drive through haven it's like this super small farming area and just up on the hills you know where lake winona is yes okay so it's like on the ass end of lake winona okay yeah and uh so we were in there and she played this nickelback song i think it was nickelback or something it was but i was just it was so clearly pandering to people who like like to fuck and like to get drunk and like I like those things, but like boys, just like there's it's just like you're appealing to just the animal yeah. within. And I just think it was like, actually called Animal. 
It's, it's, well, it's, there's a song. It's I like the the only line I can ever think about is like I like the pants around your feet or ankles or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't think that's Nickelback. No, is that wrong? Oh, Whoever it was, it made me violently like angry. Actually, it might be Nickelback. Because I'm just like, this is the dumbest song I've ever yeah. heard. Yeah. And like people would just love it. I yeah. mean, somehow there was a, a train of progression that it that song was written, and then my mother had it on a jukebox in a barn in Auburn. Yeah. And the momentum that had to be behind that is just I'm I'm just like, what are you people doing? But yeah. I'm also again, I'm an apparently I'm an asshole. Yeah. People love those songs. Yes. And, there's there's a gap in between like 2000 in the 2000s where just every rock band just all mainstream rock just turned to a style of rock and roll that it was that yeah like just and it wasn't cool anymore mm-hmm. and then like pop and hip hop took over mm-hmm. and then to find really good bands is hard to do like you have to dig for them because they're not being played in the radio mm-hmm. like it's amazing the Foo Fighters are still a thing because yeah. they're they're phenomenal but they don't get any radio play yeah. Well, I mean, I can't tell you the last time I listened to the radio just because... I'm sick of it. <laughs> yeah, like, and I don't... Okay, so this, I need to say this because I go on, like, little tangents like this where I just shit on people's favorite music. <laughs> and so this is something I've learned and try to put into practice is, like, when I listen to music, I receive a certain type of euphoria of, mm-hmm. of like, it being cathartic something that I can relate to, something I can relax with, something that, that hypes me up, something that relaxes me, you know? Yeah. It's, it's all things. Yeah. And so if a person can have that same experience with a type of music that I don't like, who am I to shit on that person Absolutely. for doing the same thing in essence that I'm doing? Yeah, you know? the same thing with me, like with movies and music, I'm like, man, I didn't like that movie, but I would never go out of my way to go tell someone how terrible it was because you may have a different experience. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why I didn't like it, but I don't have the I don't have the ability to create mm-hmm. like that. Like someone went and created that. Yeah, because think about like being a director. Yeah. But like, okay, so if I was like, Anthony, tomorrow you're gonna direct a movie. Mm-hmm. God bless and good luck. Yeah. You know, like it's probably dog shit. Yeah, yeah. and because you're just like. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yep. You know? And that's so it's just like for you to like sit there with your big tub of popcorn and be like, this is stupid. It's just, <laughs> sure, there's like, there is some level where it's like they put that forward to receive that criticism. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to, you know, remember who you are. Yeah. Fatty watching the movie, yeah, you like, know? When you're, when you're watching football and you're 800 pounds, you're like, catch the ball. Yeah. Like, yeah. Something and, you're catching is diabetes. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that that's just. I think that's important because I don't know letting people just be who they look okay so going back to who we are like the easiest way to be yourself is to hopefully set up a society where people allow you to do yeah. that you and know I would say be yourself but also be open-minded <laughs> yeah I think that helps too but um right. I, I actually catch like I hear a lot more music now not so much new new stuff because it just doesn't get played but now that I work in like an office situation where they let the radio play I get to hear some stuff, but a lot of it's like we recycle like 90s and stuff like that. But uh, I always get like a really popular song mm. after it's no longer popular and people hate it. Mm. So like right now I'm on that um, that Old Town Road song. Okay, yeah. And everyone's like, it's so bad. I'm like, I think it's fun because yeah. it takes two genres of music that like mm-hmm. you would never hear together. And it made something yeah. cool. Like Old Town Road to me is ACDs is, is Aerosmith run DMC collaborating and making something decent yeah. out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I thought it was a cool idea. That, okay, so I don't let me just make sure that old time road that's with uh Billy Ray Cyrus. And that okay, so do you Little know Nas X or whatever. Do you know that he's gay? Who? The uh the rapper. Really? Yeah. I did not so, know that. So he 
I, my girlfriend just read me this article before he came over here about how that record was number that song was number one throughout all of Pride Month, which is awesome. Yeah. And it's also like a country song. So it was a black gay man at the top of the charts <laughs> in the country western. Everyone's just like, yeah. And you're just like, what is this? Yeah. This is we're living in some sort of like weird acid trip. So I think the funniest part about that I was reading where Taylor Swift has a record going where she every time she releases a song. She's been number one every single time for a certain amount of weeks mm-hmm. since she put since she's debuted, mm-hmm. and she has yet to hit number one with her new single because oh, no. Old Town Road is dominating. <laughs> and and actually, well, maybe that's a that's country coming back to her. Yeah, and like you shouldn't have left. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is like the country people, mm-hmm. they don't like that that song's number one because yeah. why would you? Yes, because yeah. it's like. That's literally just kind of like it's it's kind of it's shitting. a fun song. It's, well, it's, it's like, like shitting on theirs like I cheated on my baby. You know yeah, what I mean? Like it's yeah. I think it's hilarious, but like it just shows that like it's uh what is that satire? Yeah, it's like a very satire. But yeah, but like I think it's awesome. But I, they wouldn't put it on the country billboards until he did the yeah. remix with Billy Ray Cyrus, and then it got praised as a country song. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. God, I but, found. But Hootie's okay. Hootie does it. Darius yeah. Rucker, yeah. Oh, man. I loved him. I watched this video of him getting uh, inducted into the, uh, what is that, uh, the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. And I bawled like a baby. Really? Yeah, because, like, A, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, that's the greatest achievement you could, like, want for someone in that genre. Yeah. You know? Like, obviously, there's probably more that I don't really know, but, like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for it to be a black man, it's just like, yeah, you're, like, we're fucking doing it. Like, we're getting rid 20, of these things. 20, 30, 40 years ago, you wouldn't even yeah. be allowed in the building. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, like, I, I've just bawled because I'm just like, this is such a beautiful thing. Because mm-hmm. he's, like, it's not like he's just up there. Again, like, this is just two white dudes talking about this. But, like, him representing, like, no, this doesn't just belong to white men. Yeah. And, like, I think that that's... I think that that's good, you mm-hmm. know, especially how much like uh, white people have stolen from other races, yeah. you know. But I mean, that's some. I'm there's a there's a theory that Indian food wasn't spicy until they started interacting with the Spaniards. Yeah. So like, what is original, mm-hmm. you know? But that's a that's oh, a whole different yeah. topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, get into music now. You did. Okay. Do some... I don't even know if I ever answered that question. About... I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you, you. Um, if I'm, if I'm jumping too far ahead, and there's anything in between, please stop me. But uh, you decided then you were going to do some traveling. How did that come about? So I, I this is actually really funny and connected to the music thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a huge risk to be mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm school county. Most people who, and it's not people think it's a school county thing, but it's it's actually a society thing. Like. It's like I think they call it like the nesting effect, where mm-hmm. like most people don't leave a fifty mile radius of where they were born. They mm-hmm. just kind of stay there, mm-hmm. and it's it's very very rare when someone leaves that mm-hmm. and explores other things. Yeah, it's a very hard thing for people to like do. They can go vacation, mm-hmm. but like to go and just kind of immerse yourself and be like, I don't know where I'm gonna sleep tonight. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so when I was in high school, I found religion let's say that for lack of a better term and i was super involved into it just just, what what religion uh i was uh, christianity Mm -hmm. just the pentecostal okay um like 
the yeah just non-denominational just your run-of-the-mill pentecostal yeah, yeah I, I when i was in the i, I grew up irish irish catholic then protestant mm-hmm. and then when i was getting in the church i did the non-denomination things i thought it made more sense mm-hmm. and then i was like oh okay and then i started learning about other religions and then it ruined everything mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah man i mean it's well okay we'll, we'll, yeah, save we'll get that, that. yeah but um cliff notes yeah well i mean there's there's no topic i'd want to talk about more than that yeah but uh so I decided I'm like I okay so originally I was going to go for uh, theology and philosophy just pick a random college and just and major in that, but I don't really like school too much mm-hmm. and I wanted to do something a little bit more practical. Um, not that those things are wrong, but I actually wanted to like go and help people. So I became a missionary and that's I moved. I graduated high school in. I guess July or June, it was June 1st, uh, September, or yeah, wow, June 1st, 2009, and then I moved to Taiwan in September 2009, so it was only three months after graduation that I was like, I'm, I'm moving here, and I, I, I look back on it, and, okay, so I lived in Taiwan for five years and did missions work, and I traveled a lot. It's crazy. Yeah. It's I, me saying it, and I lived it, and I'm like, this is ridiculous, because it just seems like a dream, because mm-hmm. I've been back in the States now for four years, and I'm like, that's crazy. Like, it's just like, what? Like it's like just kind of catching up to me, being like, what did you just do? Mm-hmm. But um, Where in Taiwan? I, I lived in this town called Danshui, which meant freshwater. It was on the coast, and I worked in Taipei, so I worked in the capital. I ran a skateboard ministry with a buddy of mine from Canada. We met over there and we had similar visions and so we just started working together and we planted a church towards the later half of my time being there. I was, uh, I did Bible school and I studied Mandarin Chinese for like the first three years I, did, I was I, there. That was one of the things I heard that you, you, you could speak Mandarin. Yeah. And I always joke around with, uh, when I hear the Mandarin, it just immediately pops uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You ever watched? You ever watched Always Sunny? Yeah, I have. Um, when when Charlie, um, they were giving him the smart pills, and he thought he was oh, talking yeah. Mandarin, and he was literally <laughs> speaking gibberish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no one, like, no one knows Mandarin for the most part. Yeah, they to call him out on it. Yeah. Well, that's God. It's. I remember. Okay, so there was this one. This is a silly story. So most of, I'd say like fifty percent of the conversation that I would have in a day to day was in, in Chinese. So I would pretty much I was bilingual for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't consider myself bilingual because I'm not pretentious, but yeah. uh, and I just know that there's a lot that I don't know. Would and it freak people out when you would walk up to them and they would be like, and you would just start speaking. Mandarin some people to them? like some people were used to it. Yeah. Like, but other people, well, they're super polite people. So no matter like how good like if you knew how to say hello how are you they would be like wow your chinese is the best thing that's ever happened in this yeah, nation thank you. i'm i'm like yeah. i'm happy to be your friend yeah. <laughs> like and i mean you 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 know you think about it over here it's just like i'm not person one for spanish yeah. it's just like you're shut up yeah. you, you expect to go everywhere else in the world and have their signs in english exactly. you know you're you they have no idea what they're talking about but uh so i i was I I think I was already finished my Chinese schooling at this time, so I was pretty proficient. In order for me to graduate from my Chinese class, I had to give a 45-minute sermon at a church in Taipei. So that was like my, you're good enough to go out into the world now. And I actually finished the course uh, half a year earlier than most students. Wow. Yeah. Um, now, what is the, the, the typical religion of Taiwan? Uh, it would be Taoist. 
Um, and yeah, Taoist and a lot of like ancestral worship. Okay. Which isn't Taoist in so by nature. What what cliff notes of of that? Like what is what what is their cliff notes? Okay, so Taoism Taoism means like the way. So essentially, it's just like there is a a path in which. The universe is kind of expanding out, and, and it, it itself has a pattern to it. And mm-hmm. us being a part of the universe, we too have patterns in which we should live to live to the highest by which of which we can obtain. So it has it's just like most religions it has mm-hmm. standards. Mm-hmm. Don't do this, do this, mm-hmm. be a good person. Mm-hmm. But they don't have like a higher power or being. Uh, they, they would. They would. I. They have a god, but they don't have like. It's not. It, they would deify the way. If I think that's the proper way to say it, and I'm not no expert in this, but they would say that the way is ultimately the highest thing that there is, and that's why they're Taoism. Like the same. I guess we're jumping ahead. Yeah. But Christianity uh, has a similar idea in it that just has been lost a long time ago. But it was the original Christians used to be called followers of the way. Yeah. And it's ridiculous to me that these two religions that never met ended up with very similar practices and the same name. Yeah. And it's just like, well, yeah, of course, like, because they're trying to embody this thing, like, from a Taoist perspective, this this universal pattern, like, of course they're going to find it. It's going to be the same thing here as yeah. it is over there because they're trying to figure out the same thing. Yeah. You know? But, so, I... I, I didn't know I I know more about Taoism now than I did when, you were when there. I was dude I was totally ignorant I, I I I if you let's say a month before I left for Taiwan if you would have like handed me a globe and said find where Taiwan is I wouldn't have been able to find it yeah and I'm just like I got my plane ticket I, I'm signed up for this Bible school I'm going I couldn't. I didn't know where it was. I didn't know what the living conditions were going to be like. I didn't, like, I t- remember telling my parents, like, I don't know if I'm going to have internet, period. Yeah. You know, like, and this is only because I just don't know how to Google things, apparently. Yeah. And and every time people think you leave our borders, it is literally a third world country okay. everywhere in the globe. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I remember my mom, like, she, she wanted me to come home for some reason because she was worried about something. And I'm like, I am so much safer here than the place that is causing the conflicts. You, like, do you realize that? Like, I'm just on some island that from everyone thinks is Thailand. Yeah. Like, it's it's not gonna be a problem to anybody. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there was always rumors that China would come and like try to take back Taiwan because there was like the big like debate about whether or not Taiwan is part of China. Yeah. And I say it's not because I had a pat or my passport was only good in Taiwan. My like visa was only like Did, in Taiwan. Didn't they lose Taiwan during one of the one mm-hmm. of the wars? Uh, no, they lost it in, in the beginning of like the 1900s, and it was. I, I really I don't know the stories that that well for mm-hmm. living there so long. Like I knew it was part of China, and then mm-hmm. they kind of. Well, what's crazy is that the nation makes the nation itself is about. This is okay. So this is like the percentages from when I lived there and I left in 2015 but the nation was only two percent uh, ori- aboriginal people because everyone came from mainland China and I believe that 
the the people who came from mainland China saw was able to reflect on how China was going and decided that they wanted to separate and go more of a democratic route instead mm-hmm. of socialism and communism. So Taiwan, that's literally as a, 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 a another version of of United States mm-hmm. in, in some. Yeah, I mean, it has a democ- It's a democracy. It has a president. Um, I think there was three parties, not two. Um, but imagine, yeah. imagine that. Yeah. Well, it was, <laughs> I I never got involved with politics just because a what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. I'm just some white dude. Like, I mean, obviously, like I don't want it to go back to China because then my me being a missionary isn't going to be accepted. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was well. It was just a weird thing to be like. Like one night, I remember sitting in my room and I heard loud bangs going on, and I was. I was just convinced that it was China coming to invade Taiwan because it didn't sound like fireworks. And I heard like planes flying overhead. I'm just like, all right, this is it. Like, I guess I'm this is how I die. (laughs) Yeah. And like uh, or just like even thinking about like, you know, I work with all these people. How am I going to get a hold of them? Like what's going to happen? I'm literally on the other side of the world. And then I went outside and it was just fireworks. But it was like crazy to just be like, oh, my God, I almost had to deal with. I didn't, but like, in, from my perspective, it felt like I was gonna get invaded, and it was like a rational fear. Now, when you go over there, they send you over there to do. Pretty much, your main objective is to is to spread Christianity. Yeah, um, yeah. I would definitely say that that's an a, a, a aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Was it was there? Would you ever have backlash? Like, hey, like we already kind of have our thing here. Like, did you ever? Not really. Um, because I don't, it was the hardest to try to talk to them just because the ground in which the overlap of I like of myths or imagery was just so small and like on the service level, mm-hmm. and so it's so hard to try to bridge that gap because it's just like, well, and also I think a big uh, doctrinal point of protestant christianity is the idea of jesus dying for your sins. your sins yes and so like these people are just out there living like the Taoists very much so and again i'm just from what i understand and what i've read is they understand they see their their negative actions and they see their positive actions as as a part of the whole thing mm-hmm. whereas i think christians are you know protestant christians are more of just like i just want to get the sin and the bad stuff out of the way Whereas the Taoist, I would say, understands that 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 has a part in the whole of whatever's happening here. That's interesting because most most religions they always put a figure to their religion so someone can physically look at something and be like, "That's what I have to mm-hmm. praise or worship to get to the place I would need to be at right. some point." Well, or see, the- I like how you worded it there because that's absolutely right. Is that there is there's I always vision it as like we need a a, a, there's a, a stream. figure we need a there's a there's a stream and we need bridges to get to that stream some yeah. people know how to get to the stream just on themselves but some people culturally need these bridges to have these structures to get to that place and and how you said is that it's behind the person mm-hmm. and so i was actually talking to someone about this the other day it was this is something that doesn't exist probably because of the birth of protestant christianity we don't have guru worship we don't have devotion to a a single entity we just kind of have these big you know deity or god figures and that's fine these other religions have those but they ultimately have the gurus set up in place 
to to play that role. Mm -hmm. The proper guru, for lack of a better term, doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. They're emerged into that other place, and so they're just playing the role of that. So when people come to them, theoretically, there's no ego involved. There's no manipulation. They're just going to kind of give you the ultimate. Mm -hmm. And we don't have that we we kind of do in pastors but then they're always like you know don't don't worship me or whatever but like we kind of do because like we need your voice to like hear these things or whatever but yeah i i i totally subscribe to the theory that these religions are just they're word and placeholders for something Mm -hmm. that we can't even begin to comprehend the biggest thing that was a turnoff for me with 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 christianity and, and our being a Christian, I don't know, because some people get to say, well, you say I was Catholic and Christian. It's, listen, it's all the same sport. It just, mm-hmm. there's more teams on the field than some of them. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, like, I, I, the biggest turnoff for me, so, like, I was I was part of, like, I called it white church, mm-hmm. right? And then I, I, I started learning, I went to black church. Mm-hmm. Black church is a blast because mm-hmm. uh, they're more energetic and they mm-hmm. actually teach you and they talk to you where, mm-hmm. where I used to go to white church and it was like, Stand mm-hmm. up, sit down, stand up, sit down. Where, where you know, in in the the, the Southern Baptist style church, it was more like they spoke to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only problem with that is, is when they start doing like, the, I talked to the Lord yesterday, and I was like, mm-hmm. all right, now you're losing me. Yeah, well, that's, I think the I think that's the problem with any like any because okay, so once you start talking about the ultimate or you start talking about religions, you need to understand that all of this is just kind of placeholders. And like, we're, we need these, you know, they, like, I had this discussion with someone the other day about like, was Jesus real or not? And I was like, what does it matter to you? Mm -hmm. You, It's a story either way. Yeah. So like, even if this man did exist, if he didn't, you're still hearing it literally the exact same way. 100%. You know, so it's like, that doesn't, that's, that's a non-starter. I think that people that are just like, no, Jesus can't be real. They're not, actually looking at like the heart of the issue Mm -hmm. they're just trying to disprove something and that's fine like i'm saying jesus couldn't may not have been a real person yeah that's not where what about the theory of uh where jesus like there's a a gap in his age where people Mm -hmm. believe he he went and studied like like sure that's like the big that's the biggest problem about that gap from because it's like from 13 till 30 or something like that so it's just a lot of time just being like well, what is he? What was he doing? And, and I mean, there's like, and that's, that's the problem is that we don't. Everything's just a theory. Yeah. And so I guess like there's a part of me that's like, well, why are you asking these questions? Like, what are you trying to get to the bottom to? Like, why I, do you, like why? I think you... a lot of people just want to destroy a religion. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. When they want to, ever, so everyone has to try to prove each other wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if religion works for somebody, let it work for them. Mm-hmm. I I may not subscribe to the same thing you believe in, but if, if your religion works for you, great. Mm-hmm. But if when I think what, what sometimes what bugs me is when someone's like, I am a devout this religion. And if you don't believe what I believe, we can know we can't associate. We can't talk. I mm-hmm. can't have a conversation with you because it realistically, if you boil down every you can take every religion and mm-hmm. strip it down and boil it down to its 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 bone. And everybody wants the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just treat each other with respect. Well, right. It's like you don't. It's it's like you don't want to be a follower of Jesus. You don't want to be a follower of Buddha. You want peace. Yeah. You want grace. Mm-hmm. You want these things that these entities offer you. Yes. You know. So it's like, 
and that's fine because I think I personally think that that's a human universal that we all desire these things that kind of transcend us and we pick a thousand different ways yeah. to do that I um, think some people try to say like I think it's more like an ego thing where I'm too smart to follow like people think like if you follow religion mm-hmm. you're like oh I'm being conformed or I'm mm-hmm. being put in a box I think I, I, I guess what I would say to those people is like you haven't read the craziest things in religions yeah you know it's like and that they, those things in and of themselves might disqualify them but to not be able to follow the because it's some things are just so absurd that it's just like well how did you get to that conclusion because mm-hmm. this was a big thing for me because I I started I was a very devout Christian I was a missionary and then I started to question all these things and just being like if if there's one universe that we're all we can all agree that we're experiencing mm-hmm. then that means that we're all trying to find or we're experiencing the same things. So when you have a moment of transcendence where you feel like close to a God type figure, and I do, it's that right there, the experience of it all is what's ultimately important. I read this book called uh, Zen and the Birds of Appetite, and it's by a man named Thomas Merton. And it was a comparative of between Zen Buddhism and Catholic uh, Christianity. And what he said, and I've, I will always remember this because I think it's phenomenal and right. It's like even though the doctrines or the theories may be world apart, when the experiences are the same, then you know you have something. Mm-hmm. Because there's, it's true. Like there's a a million different ways to get to that place, but ultimately, what's important is getting to that place. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's. I don't think that that can be understated. That that's. Yeah, that's important. And then a lot of like, because I start looking into a lot more religions. Then you have, um, it's like Egyptian. I believe it's Egyptian. The towel, and they mm-hmm. said the towel is very. I'm, I could be saying that wrong. If I am, correct me. But they said it's super. Like it's almost identical to the story of Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. it happened almost. Well, do you, I mean it's the theory of ar- archetypes, thousands right? of years before Jesus even happened. It's almost mm-hmm. the same story, the same teaching, the same mm-hmm. belief. Like it literally now. Do you think your missionary work opened you up to maybe? I'm not saying you that you don't. I don't know if you don't follow or I don't know what you believe in now. But do you think? Because for a big thing for me that really turned me off of all religion and kind of just point like just treating everyone with respect and and doing what you gotta do is like it was was something that I guess like an atheist dude said on uh, on a on a thing and I kind of subscribed to it a little bit where if you just literally take somebody. And say I'm gonna wipe all your memories and everything about you completely dry, and I'm gonna drop you in this po- this part of the map. You're gonna have a completely different outlook on on a higher being than if you were living here. Yep. So do you think you picking up going to a third world country where you're in a you're in a not third world country but a different country where they believe something completely different than you, and then mm-hmm. you obviously you've learned a lot about that religion. You're like mm-hmm. oh, it's very very similar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't that 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 did it for me really. It was the I, I, and this is a fault, I was under the assumption that Christianity was the only proper religion. Mm-hmm. And that's just because that's what I was taught. Yeah. And I, I didn't, didn't feel the need to go outside of that worldview until I did. Yeah. Um, and it, it was mostly, it was seeing, it was... That in order for all of this stuff that we believe within Christianity, in order for it to be true or valid, it needs to work everywhere. Mm-hmm. And 
I just I I didn't see that like science was a big thing for me. Yes. Because like I they were the people that I was working for and and everything was very much against the idea of evolution. Yeah. Or at least we're, we're timid of it to say you know to give it to be gentle about it. Yeah. And I. I, 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 that was hard for me because I'm like, well, you trust science to make your pills. You trust science to make your GPSs that you depend on. Why is science wrong about this one? You know, um, it's because it, it threatens your worldview. Yeah. And so that was like a big thing for me was sitting back and just studying evolution and studying Christian perspectives on evolution or, or something like that. But like, like, it. I just got to a place where I was like, I realized it was okay for me to have different beliefs than the the worldview I was handed yeah. and was living in. Here's and, a here's a really hilarious story. You're gonna love this. My mm-hmm. I, my wife always loves my tell this. So when I was um, going through the CCD classes, I was I was I was kicked out of CCD because huh. um, I asked too many questions. Sure. I sort of. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, I go to class, and at the time. You start CCD, they have, I was in the very, like, this CCD was like a, you started in like fourth grade or third grade and you mm-hmm. worked all your way up. So mm-hmm. I was started very young. And at the time, I was obsessed with three things in the world. Pro wrestling, Ninja Turtles, dinosaurs. They are my shit. <laughs> so we go to school, uh, we go to CCD, and they're like, all right, we're going to, today's the first day, we're going to mm-hmm. start you kids off on Exodus. And, you know, and he's like, the first day God created, you know, the, that and then he created that and he created a sun, uh, light and then he this and that and this and I was just like yes yes Anthony um we're the dinosaurs are we gonna talk about are we gonna talk about those dinosaurs like they're like what I was like yeah I really I'm really into that and I know that like yeah. they were here mm-hmm. there's bones and I'm like yeah. I'm really pumped to uh-huh. hear the story of the dinosaurs and like how they died. <laughs> I thought that was in the Bible. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense yeah. to be like, well, okay, so before all of us happened, like this other thing, but that was who knows what that was about. Yeah. So I was super pumped. Like I went to CCD thinking I was going to learn about science mm-hmm. and I was going to learn about like the history of the world. Because mm-hmm. I mean that, in my perspective, that was that was mm-hmm. what I was going into. Mm-hmm. So I was I was jacked. I was like, "This is gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be dinosaurs and comets and fire and explosions. And a man raising from the dead. Yeah, and then and then and <laughs> sounds just like pro wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be amazing. And they're like, Tony, that's not a real thing. Mm. And I was like, Wait, what? And they're like, Yeah, dinosaur. Like, that's just people picking up rocks and saying, Oh, this is what we think it it is. And I was like, No, I'm not. Don't do that. Like, yeah. I, as my little kid brain, like, right. I don't, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. So then I just kept asking more questions, mm-hmm. and the more I asked questions, like, I guess they pretty much pulled me aside. And at the time, I probably, if you tested me, I was probably ADHD. I was a kid. I was hyper. Sure. I, 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 all, I was a Y kid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and so I would, they pulled my, they pulled my parents aside. They're like, God, can you not bring him back until he's a little older? Yeah. And they're like, Why? Like, he just asked too many questions. We can't handle this. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we're not equipped for this. Yeah. I mean, oh, dude. Okay, so I'm I'm reading this book at the moment called uh, Jesus, the Son of Man, and it's by Khalib Gilban or something like that. Some Lebanese author who wrote a lot of phenomenal books. And so this book has each chapter is a different person writing about their experiences with Jesus, and one was a Pharisee, and he's like, "Listen, man, we had to kill him." He was manipulating poor people. He was uh, degrading our law. What 
like we ha he was blaspheming God. He was saying he was God. We can't let this person be out there doing this. And I'm like, that's a wonderful perspective to just see that's just like, yeah, like this guy came in and just fucked with the system and like to the point of his death. Yeah. You know, like, they killed him because he was like that much of a political figure upsetting what was happening. Yeah. And that's bonkers. Realistically, if, a, if someone came back tomorrow and said, I am Jesus Christ, we'd be like, that guy's fucking crazy. Lock him up. Mm -hmm. We'd put him in jail. Well, I think Jesus would be mm -hmm. in jail in 20 minutes. Well, yeah. Well, ultimately, I think, I well, the the thing with Jesus never. Let's just hope white Jesus comes. Because if, yeah. it's, if he's not white Jesus, he's probably getting shot. Yeah. Well, gosh. That's... Hot topic button. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I think that's just, I mean, we don't. <laughs> to talk about the second coming of Christ would yeah. be a whole, like, a whole other thing. And I'd be fine to talk about it, but he's I don't like know. He's like this, if... like. What's in your hands? He's like, they're holes. <laughs> you, you got it through. Um, yeah, He's got something well, in his hand. It's a hole. Uh, no, I I don't know. I think, yeah. Now I don't. I want to talk about the second coming, but you can. Well, okay. So there's this theory in some forms of Christianity that the second coming of Christ is essentially the time in human evolution where everyone's level of consciousness matches that of jesus mm -hmm. that that is ultimately the Ooh, second that's coming gonna of be Christ. a long time yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be well we, like yeah we I, can't agree on anything mm -hmm. we're screwed well okay so this is me like playing the role of the optimistic believer and okay. being like let's let's take it that the universe is 13.6 billion years old which i believe it is mm -hmm. whatever is running the show clearly has patience and clearly knows what it's doing and it's and it's taking its time and i think you know part of that is that we get upset about is because we're kind of trapped in that we're like well yeah it'd be great for you to hurry the fuck up because yeah. i'm stuck here you and, know and, and we're creatures that always are asking like me i was a i was a little kid asking too many questions and mm -hmm. it didn't work that's our whole society we're mm -hmm. always asking why well here's okay so here's something that's curious is let's that's a very similar thing that, hap that happens to Adam and Eve. They mm -hmm. look at this thing and they're like, well, why? And so there's a part of me that believes that I, I, I don't believe there's any flaws in the system. So I believe the fact that we're creatures that look for answers or even when it causes us to lose faith in our own worldview, it's, we're still, that's still in us to go and, and try to seek that out. Mm -hmm. There's times where I get like super like just far out there and just be like what if like all we are is just mechanisms that go out and explore what god is on behalf of god mm -hmm. like sure yeah why not you know and i guess the problem is with living in like these philosophies or these ideologies or anything is what it ultimately comes down to is like how do you act in the world and i think what's important for me is that people don't see me as someone like I don't walk around being like I'm a Christian I believe in God like these things are so important to me I, I, I guess I do that to some degree but hopefully I think I hope that people can look at me and see that I have a connection to something that transcends me yeah and I hope and that I don't I can't tell you if I live like that only mm -hmm. you can you yeah. know so and I someone asked me it's like one time it's like well how do you how do you define a true Christian? I'm like, only time can define who the, the real Christians were. Yeah. Because that's, if you're going, if if you take Christian as the person who follows the example of Christ, current Christians aren't doing that. No. You know, so it's, it's they're not those people, yeah. you know? 
and and Jesus even has this story about people who were like healing people in his names and and the disciples want to stop him and he's like they're doing it why why do you care what name it's being done is you know you just want the glory mm-hmm. and it's like no like the the message and the energy of Jesus is being lived by people who don't even believe in him yeah and so I'm like yeah then that's I don't have a problem with like going and telling that person that he needs to believe in God because the way that he's acting even if they don't believe in God says that they have reverence for creation for the other you that know makes sense. and yeah so again going back to the, like yeah because I always I always feel like when I when I tell people that aren't Christian because I when I when they I you know everyone talks religion every now and then and they say well are you are you a Christian I'm like nah not really and I'm like why I'm like I'm not saying I don't believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. If Jesus was a real person, he was a hell of a guy. He gave it. A, he, he was. He, he, you can't sit there and say Jesus was an asshole. You know, I mean, he he did what he had. To, like he was a, mm-hmm. like even if he wasn't the son of God, mm-hmm. he was a genuinely. He he did things for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but the when when so when they asked me like what my religion is, I said I don't want to say I'm, I'm I'm agnostic or atheist because I think just as much as Christians are deemed to be jerks sometimes. Atheists and agnostics are just as bad. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Well, and like again, let's not look at labels. Let's look yeah. at the actual actions. 100%. of just like if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Yeah. It doesn't matter what hat you're wearing. So, um, and then I started looking into more religions, and then I always like I, I don't feel this way, but I always joke around and say like, "What are you?" And it, especially if someone's that that Christian that's kind of an asshole, I say, "Oh, I'm a Satanist." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, it's like, that means you believe in the devil." And I was like, "Do you know what Satanism is?" Well, also, I would say that person believes in the devil. See, I don't, yeah. I don't like the word "believes" because yeah. it's like it. What does that mean exactly? Like, and also, like, if the question of like, do you believe in God? Yeah. Like, okay, so how do you define believe? Because yeah. how you and I define believe isn't the same. Are the, and, are, yeah. and God to think that you and I have the same like picture of that in our head is yeah like when i die and you die where are we both like you have an idea where you're going and i kind of have an idea where we're going but Mm -hmm. i always tell people i'm a satanist and they always say like because not people know what satan is they hear satan Mm -hmm. and they think it's evil and Mm -hmm. you're going to sacrifice goats and you want to kill babies and rape Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. and and the the church of satanism is Mm -hmm. literally they're just doing it to kind of kick sand in faces Mm -hmm. and and their their belief system is really just like treat people the way you want to be treated and you'll be Mm -hmm. good but yeah. they use the same imagery to be funny. Well, that's that's funny that you say that because uh, I was going to bring up the pentagram and how it, and, and and something you said about Jesus is, you referred to Jesus as the Son of God. Yeah. But he rarely did that. He yeah. referred to himself as the Son of Man, and he was very adamant about that because he's like, I am a okay. So I'm a man. Yeah. I am a man, but I'm also I'm a hundred percent man, and I'm a hundred percent divine, and. I believe that the true Christian idea is that that is the archetype of every individual, Mm -hmm. that we are all 100% human, but we are also 100% divine. And we have the option to live in our humanity, which might look gross and egotistical, Mm -hmm. or we have a chance to live from our divinity, which means grace, mercy. And I mean, something I like to say to, to people who don't believe in God is like, well, then you're God. Act accordingly. How are you going to act? That's what I tell people too. Right. They're yeah. like, "Well, who's your god?" I'm like, "Me." Mm-hmm. And like, "Well, what, what kind of asshole are you?" And mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, uh, I hold myself to a high standard." Mm-hmm. Is that is that a bad way to think? Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's, I mean, okay. So the the Buddhist belief that you are uh, your own this, temple. Well, right, well, that's the Christian belief yeah. as well. You yeah. know that like. It's, it's there's there's so many similarities between mm-hmm. every religion, yeah. Mm-hmm. And people latch on to the, the Jesus and God story, and they think mm-hmm. nothing else outside that realm is belie- is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I read a book called The Secret, 
Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people are like, oh, mm-hmm. that's, just, that's just some weird hippie shit. But mm-hmm. realistically, I feel that way. Like, And how you were saying there's a connection between being divine and being human. Mm-hmm. I feel like the human mind is very capable of doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. If you Look at everything that's being done. Is, this is It only exists because of the human mind. Exactly. So if you... If you are willing, like if I truly feel, and this is where I like, this is, and maybe the secret is some hippie mumbo jumbo, but I, once again, if it helps me, then go for it. But for me, I think, all right, if I wake up every day and I tell myself, you are a piece of garbage, you're never going to amount to nothing, you're never going to get nothing done, yeah. you're speaking that new existence, you're putting mm-hmm. yourself in that mind frame, and mm-hmm. nothing that, of that mind frame is ever going to get anything accomplished mm-hmm. unless unless you step in mm-hmm. the biggest, luckiest pile of shit of all time. Mm-hmm. But if I wake up every day and say, you know what? I'm going to do something amazing with myself. I'm going to be mm-hmm. positive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to carry myself in a positive light. Because the book, The Secret, isn't a big book. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very quick read. Mm-hmm. And pretty much what it tells you in an essence is, is if you're going to work every day and someone's treating you terribly or people in your life are saying you're a terrible person and everything in your life is negative, if you just work as hard as you possibly can to be positive, the, po- the universe will reward you with positive energy back. Mm-hmm. If you wake up every day saying, "I will be successful. I will be. I will. I will make money. People mm-hmm. will like me." Mm-hmm. I, confidence exudes stuff. Mm-hmm. And if and if I've and, it, and, and honestly, since I've read that and I I've I've kind of subscribed to it, I feel like people kind of. I I found I found more like-minded people of my mm-hmm. of my mindset because mm-hmm. I the law of, it's it's pretty much the law of attraction. Sure, I'm bringing other people around me that are also very positive people, mm-hmm. and then there's people who are not so positive that see the way you carry yourself and say, well, how is he doing that? And I say, hey, man, I just I just I'm a positive dude, and I just mm-hmm. try I try to think in this mindset. I don't mm-hmm. I don't say, hey, go read this book. This help me mm-hmm. until later, and then mm-hmm. I'll say, hey, this is what you know what I mean. But I mm-hmm. I kind of give that message, which is the same as if I was gonna give someone like, hey, go believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they're all very similar. Mm-hmm. But I, I I'm I'm a very big believer of the law of attraction. What mm-hmm. you put in is what you'll get back. Mm-hmm. And every now and then there will be that that time where it just doesn't work out for you. But you mm-hmm. gotta be patient and you gotta mm-hmm. keep at it because if everything worked out to perfection right away and it worked immediately, then there would be nothing to work for. I I like the law of attraction to some degree. I guess I get scared the same way when I hear like prosperity gospel yeah. of like, if you do this, you'll get a car, Yes, you know? And, and there's a part of me that's like, I don't think that that's what this is about. Yeah, you know? I don't really go for the materialistic no, things. No, like, like I said, I can definitely if, tell I'm a, if I'm a good person, I will be rewarded with X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. If that comes mm-hmm. as a reward, then mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm more That's about not why you're doing. I'm it. more about it for the peace of mind mm-hmm. and to maybe help somebody else get mm-hmm. to a better peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Because I was the type of person who struggled with the anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. Like mm-hmm. I never felt like I fit in. I never felt accepted. And a lot of people, when I tell that, they're like, you don't, you, that's not the persona you put off right now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. cause it took me a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. And I never took a medication. I never mm-hmm. went to a therapist. I just mm-hmm. kind of searched. I yeah. soul searched. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that that's super important is because I mean, that's so many enlightened beings. They ask the question of, well, who are you? Who mm-hmm. is, who is the you that's all this that's observing all this stuff that's manifesting all this this mm-hmm. things is who is that and why does why does it have such a strong desire to come out mm-hmm. in an art in creative ways and whatever it is it, it wants to explore it wants to be visible mm-hmm. you know and i yeah i think it's i guess the okay so 
people used to ask me, like, do you, I'm sure you've heard the saying, like, all roads lead to home when it comes to religions or whatever. And so mm-hmm. people would ask me, like, do you, do you believe all roads lead to home or lead to the same place or something? And what I've, the answer that I give for that is all roads lead somewhere. So no matter what road you're on, you're going somewhere. The question then is where do you want to go? Yeah. Because, like, if you want to be, like, you, you, like, as a human, your, your potential is infinite. To the best of it and to the worst of it it's like you want to be a, a rock star you want to be part and you want your your albums to be number one then that's the thing that like you got to go for that if you want to be a drug addict if you want to you know die young not giving a fuck that's an option too yeah that's it's totally up to you you know and i i think some people too mistake it mistake religion um for that if you like uh, I'm not. I, mean, I don't mean to keep picking on Christianity, but that's just all I've. I, I've the only thing I've ever experienced. Sure, it's your culture's religion. Yeah, where I, I kind of, I went to church and I'm like Tony, you know, things are things aren't going your way, but if you pray enough, it will come to you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not how. And I even even when I was in the church and I was trying to make a change and I was going through things, I was like, that's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you're being lazy. You're you're sitting back waiting for something to change for you by a yeah. higher power. You yeah. got to go do it. That's exactly right. Because there's this verse in the Bible, and it's one of my favorite verses. I have imagery from that and surrounding scripture tattooed on my leg. But one of the lines is, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given to you. And I think a lot of people read that or and will be like, okay, so if I go to church, I'll get money or whatever. This like really just low-level interpretation of this verse. You're being lazy. Right. But how I read that is, okay, so I need to seek that I need to I need to put into action the exploration of the light. Mm-hmm. Let's put it in the most hippie way that we can do it, you yeah. know? And just being like, let's I'm going to aim at what I believe is the highest good for myself, for you, for this community, for any individual. Any individual. And I think I think a lot of people say any individual until they do something that offends them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the, You write them off. Right. And that's that's not that doesn't work. Yeah. That doesn't like I was saying to someone the other day that and this is a problem with our current societies that we don't have grace and we don't know how to enact that. Mm-hmm. That once someone fucks up, we send them to the outskirts of the camp and they're not allowed to come back in. Yeah. And I think everyone has I think everyone should be given the opportunity to to redeem themselves. I totally agree. Um Well, because then what if you if you can't be redeemed then you're just then why why why, why have can, that person around? Why can And then we go back to being cannibal. We go back to being barbaric and we say, "Oh, you commit a murder, then you have to die too." Well, and also it's like I think we we then look at that person as someone that we could never be. Mm-hmm. When that's not true. Yeah. Like you're you're what's that the the Joker's line of like you're one bad day away from being me. Exactly. And that's exactly I love right. that quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Killing joke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. That's <laughs> you're one bad day. Yeah, exactly. You could literally wake up tomorrow. And that's why I always try to bring like I always tell people like like people say, Oh man, you don't want my story on your podcast. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Because your story can turn around and someone could be like, Holy shit. Because mm-hmm. we've all been or known someone who's been in a situation because we we like this area kind of culture, humans, society all tend to repeat themselves. You're not gonna you you don't you haven't done something that somebody else hasn't already done, and some people have come back from it and some people don't. But mm-hmm. there's always that story and there's always mm-hmm. that opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. Like we were we were kind of talking about like 
and this might be super, I don't even know. Like, man, I, I always get uncomfortable bringing it up, but like we treat murderers, like we can say, okay, we'll put somebody in jail for murder. But I feel like if we work with that person and we study that person, we can understand why they did what they've done. Exactly. But then, but we say, okay, well, don't kill the murderer. Let's interview the murderer and let's find out why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. And you're still kind of humanizing them because mm-hmm. you're like, why are they doing what they do? Mm-hmm. And then I think the same way about pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do I, Now, people think, as soon as I hear that, they think that person should be murdered. They should be castrated. We shouldn't even talk to them. Why don't we study that? Because mm-hmm. I think somewhere that's clearly a problem. Yeah. So it's like if and if like, we can study that and mm-hmm. find out, there mm-hmm. might be something that we can figure out mm-hmm. to stop that. Mm-hmm. And well, this is okay. So this is the problem with like writing those these people off as irredeemable is because then you make them subhuman. Yes. You make just being like you no longer fit into the categorization or category of human, mm-hmm. and that's at for a human that's what can be more like it's essentially saying you're a dog you're, yeah. you're whatever you know you're you're lower than what we are and i like i shouldn't have to clarify myself that these acts that these people would hypothetically commit are wrong but they're they're this that could be you yeah it, it it's the same energy that floats over you the the same somewhere the yeah. wires got crossed mm-hmm. well that's okay so how i like i'd like to play this little fun game in my head of like with people I'm similar with, you know those games at like carnivals or whatever where you drop in a like a, a marble and it bounces off a bunch like of a stuff. Like a plinko. Yeah, and then it lands somewhere. Yeah. Well, I always wonder. It's like, okay, so here's just the human. Here's all potential human experience. You get dropped in here. How do you end up where you currently are? Yeah, we're all just one giant game of plinko. Mm-hmm. That's it. We figured out the the, the, the message of the universe. <laughs> but, we're all a game from The Price Is Right. <laughs> no whammies. So, Fuck, my life is over. <laughs> uh, time to castrate my dog. I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and and so it's like there's there's nothing that's stopping you from being one of those people. Mm-hmm. And to separate yourself from them is you're being you're lying to yourself first and foremost, and you're you're saying you're you're better than these people, which mm-hmm. you're more more than likely not. Yeah, you know. I always I always look at, and it's not something I I do joyfully, but it's something I always am mindful of. Where you have someone who you've talked to for years, and they say, "Oh my God, this person down the street killed his wife, or cheated on his wife, or is a pedophile, or any of the most Horrific. the taboo things." Right, yeah. And then are there they're addicted to heroin, are there alcoholics and da 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 and that person they should be buried under the jail. Mm-hmm. And then um and then you listen to that same person tell that and speak that mind, and then all of a sudden an immediate member of their family is now in the same boat and they're mm-hmm. thinking and they immediately go to what can we do to help them? Yeah. Johnny was always a good guy. And then rest of the society is mm-hmm. now looking at you the same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just like such a it's just a vicious cycle. Right. And it well, especially the fact that like even there's no one outside of those families. Okay, so let's let's bring it back. Theoretically, a healthy church should be the those people that are bringing those people in and saying, "You I mean, well there's something to be said that they're bringing them in subconsciously." Mm-hmm. But a healthy spiritual person should be able to go into that and be like, I'm going to love you unconditionally because not, not doing that isn't going to help you. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing in the world is because, well, and also I think this is super important and I, I, 
I, you can't separate a person. You can't, you can't just lay the, every action a person's ever done on top of them and say that's who you are. Because mm-hmm. you have to look at the core of who that person is. And for me, I believe that each individual, first and prime, is it is inherently and innately divine. Mm-hmm. And that's where I look at each and every person. And that's what I believe about you, about anyone watching, is at the core of who you are, you're divine. Mm-hmm. And then there's these other things that happen. And and when I say other things, I don't just mean like Life. your actions. I no, I mean like your ego, mm-hmm. who like who you think you are. That's that's still something that sits above your underlying divinity. Mm-hmm. And then so anything that flourishes out from there, if I'm this person, I do these things, that's not for me who you truly are. Your, yeah. your truest self. And so how do we get you to to get back to that place? What you know, how do we send the 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 uh, marble back up the Plinko thing to, yeah. you know, whatever. And I, I think that that's, we, we, we enact that to some degree. Like I said earlier, I don't think that our, our culture is very good at grace at the moment, but we are clearly people who understand that the individual is divine or else we wouldn't have communities for the LGBT or Black Lives Matter or mm-hmm. anything like that. Those are, for me, they're statements that say you're a divine creature, you you are the center of the universe to some degree, and we need to do everything we can to make sure that that your life is proper. You yeah. know, you're you're gonna get the same treatment. Treatment mm-hmm. because here, you're the same. But here's a here's a thinking. question, and sure. this doesn't apply to either one of us because just it, we're just putting thought out there, because I feel like we're both open minded to things. Now I'm I'm a supporter of the LGBTQ. I don't know. There's I don't I don't know them all. The LGBT <laughs> but, yeah. plus community. Um. The, right now, the transgender thing is a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm for it. Mm-hmm. You want to do what you want to do, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two things about it that concern me, mm-hmm. and it's not. And 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 I would I don't want people to hear this and think that I'm doing this. I'm saying this from a hateful thing because mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot too, where people ask questions and mm-hmm. then people are immediately thought as they're being hateful because mm-hmm. they're asking those questions. Mm-hmm. You have to open the dialogue because if you want anyone to understand what's going on and, and mm-hmm. respect it and, and make, th- make it a thing, you got to be willing to have a conversation about it. Right. And if, and if someone's... And like if you're not allowed to answer the questions, then you're back to like a similar idea of just like we're kicking this kid out because he asked too many questions. Exactly. You know? Um, so the only two things that, um, that kind of I question or I don't understand fully... It, or that concerned me is statistically the suicide rate for people that go through the surgery mm-hmm. is very very high now suicide mm-hmm. for me like i don't want anyone to leave this this earth prematurely especially when a they they just don't fit in or they just mentally they have aren't. potential to stay on yes mm-hmm. so that concerns me mm-hmm. so i think i think anyone that's going through that process Yes, I think they should. I think they should go through an evaluation at some point. I think they mm-hmm. should have that conversation. I think they should really really think about that because regardless of what I know that the, the, the idea of it, and I could be completely wrong but the idea is that that's the way they truly feel mentally mm-hmm. so they want to physically change that too but like science and your body's chemistry can be uh, can say can something different too. you know what I mean and mm-hmm. when and when you're a man and you try to chemically change yourself to be something you're not mm-hmm your body reacts to that like mm-hmm. a woman through pregnancy mm-hmm. they go oh, through crazy they, they go through them. insane mental physical chemical changes mm-hmm. like postpartum depression and and, mm-hmm. and where your mother's like like 
females got kind of go crazy mm-hmm. and that's not a sexist thing to say it's just a, it's i mean it's can a, you imagine what you you grew this thing inside of you yeah and now you have to there's literally that's why it's called postpartum depression because yeah. there's a, a separation mm-hmm. and that I couldn't begin to yeah. fathom what that is, and, even and like. no one, no one even understands that yet. We don't even understand our, the no, uh, uh, human body already, and we don't understand mental disabilities or mental disorders. We don't now. understand the brain at all. And now we're saying like, uh, now you're like, and I think it's a good thing that it's even out there or something that we sh- that should be talked about. But now you're like, I don't think a lot of people are coming from hatred. I think they come from confusion, and I think people hate what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So when you're a woman or a man saying that you feel you're the other sex, and then someone's mm-hmm. like, "Well, how does that like, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with you." Mm-hmm. you we should we, the questions need to be answered. It's something once again that should be studied. Mm-hmm. I, I truly feel I think it should be sure. looked into. Everything should be studied. And then the other, um, the only because the suicide rate it it, it does scare me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that it's a hot topic issue right now is is when when people that are transgender compete in sports. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I personally feel, and I'm not saying that someone's doing it to get an advantage or they're doing it because they're like, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go dominate. I don't think that's the case at all, and mm-hmm. I hope that's not the case. But mm-hmm. people are people, and human are human. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't care what you take. What mm-hmm. I just feel like. Like I'm a big mixed martial arts fan, and there mm. was a fighter. Now, regardless that she lost, mm. she had a fight recently where she lost, mm-hmm. and that's cool. Like that kind of shatters the moment, the, the the whole thing. It's the stigma. The stigma. But I mean, there was there was a lot of fights in between there where mm-hmm. like people had broken skulls, broken mm-hmm. orbitals, mm-hmm. like <laughs> got really really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's another thing I think that should be looked into as well. Yeah. And I think if we're going to be on a playing playing field. I'm also looking at the same token as women's rights mm-hmm. because I now you're no you're still you're tra- you're in the trans community. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be in the trans community? Do you want to be in the woman community? Do you want to be in the men community? Like right. Well, that's that's very hard because that there is no black and white. Right. And it, it's okay to be in the gray area, and that's mm-hmm. where good healthy dialogue can come from, where we can all learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that's it's like that's an incredibly difficult thing to. To and no one's gonna to. have the answer right now. Right. It's not. It's not gonna happen tomorrow. It's not gonna happen in a year. I think it's I'll, a growing. What process. I'll say is like I get worried about hot button politics or the fact that policies change so rapidly. Yeah. I believe our system was set up in a way that it took time because it needed time in yeah. order for things to. We change. gotta understand things, right? Because if you change out the top of a hat, mm-hmm. then you look at an idiot going back ten years later saying, "Ooh, mm-hmm. remember when we changed that? Mm-hmm. That needs to be talked about." And then right. people get upset saying like. Oh my God! This is something that should be changed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You got to look at it now. Some no. things are a home run; they need to be changed. Right. Yeah. And some things need time to be talked about. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, these hot topic issues are something that people think I need to change tomorrow, but you can't. Mm-hmm. You, you just you, you can't. Right. It's got to be. You got to look into it. I think what I would say first foremost about transgenderism or or whatever that would be is just that it's. You have a responsibility to yourself to live up to who you believe you truly are. And however you want to manifest that without hurting yourself or others, then that's completely 100% fine. And honestly, like, there's a part of me that's just like, I kind of just, I want to stop there. I have my thoughts about like mm-hmm. MMA and I've like, I've talked to people about that, but like, the truest answer is like, I don't do those things. I don't participate in sports. So it's like, it's yeah. hard for me to like, 
to see my opinion as one that could potentially be valid because who the fuck are you? Yeah, you know, no, like, I'm not saying anything I say sure. here is valid and that's what we should go by. Right. But I'm just saying it's, it's a you're let, thinking. Let, let's let's have an open conversation. Right. Now, and I'm not coming from a hatred heart mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people they try to have those conversations. And mm-hmm. listen, there's people out there that are very hateful of this, mm-hmm. and there's some people who legit just want to have questions. You're like, mm-hmm. well, you're transphobic. Mm-hmm. No, I just I just let's talk about it at least. Mm-hmm. Can we at least open the door to conversation? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I so I I dated an individual who was is transgendered now. Um, oh, she was she then now he's he. Mm-hmm. And for me, I got to see what that was like for that individual at that time. And my only, I guess, response to it would be the same to any other person that's in a similar situation would be, or to hopefully to approach that person with the same thing. It's like, I want you to just be okay. Yeah. You know, that's, I hope like, you, regardless of what that is. I hope you love life. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Like, yeah. I hope that when you wake up in the morning, you're stoked about whatever it is you're doing. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you feel like you need, in order to get to that place, if you need to change your job, do it. If you need to change your friend group, do it. If you need to change your gender, do it. I and there's obviously things that you want to walk up along in on that path. That's why these religions or spiritual teachings have practices so that you're not just kind of falling off into yeah. wherever. So hopefully these any individual who wants to live truly and freely will not only try to represent themselves the best they can, but also understand their place and who they are within kind of the larger community at large something like that i'm just gonna tell her real quick to turn the ac on <laughs> yeah. just, we're both sweating like crazy right now so yeah. i wore <laughs> pants for some reason i would normally turn that on but it's like i don't want to i think it's a really good conversation i don't want to really yeah, yeah. No, um, you're totally fine yeah and like for me personally i i remember not too long ago i wasn't a hateful person like i said i'm not i just never be me in general but i remember i i used words that I didn't think were hateful words. Like I used to use the like, and I'm not. Once again, I'm just saying to say them just to, for the topic. But I used to use like gay, fag. Like mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. were. T- I used to call them their typical white boy words. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we like that's what we like. Oh, it does up being a fag. Like you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then I got older, and then I like, hey, don't be a retard, or you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that. And then I got older. I'm like, wow, they actually mean some things, right? And they can be deemed as as hateful words. And it's not that like. And then I know some people hear that and they're like, oh, dude, you're going to conform to everything that people say. No, but if 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 me nerfing the way I use a word doesn't hurt someone's feelings, I just don't want to be an asshole. Yeah. I'm not conforming. Well, this I'm is just, okay. I just don't want to be a piece of shit person. Like this is something like I, I realized when like the whole bitch thing, like the bitch it's cool to be a bitch culture. Yeah. Was kind of a thing. It's, it's cool to be an asshole nowadays. Yeah. And like like people that are just like you know oh, edgy yeah and i'm just like no like like how i always view this in my head is like no you're just deliberately disobeying your parents yeah because n- no one with a, a remotely healthy home was told go out and be an asshole mm-hmm. and i understand that people have tragic backstories i i have my share and and whatnot but even in, in high school you're told don't be a dick yeah this like be proper like this is how you respect the other people around you and then to as an adult, to consciously do the opposite of that, you're just being an asshole. Yeah. And uh, again, family trauma, whatever. Obviously, yeah. that that plays a role. But like the whole straight pride thing. 
You're not. You're just doing you're it to doing, be a dick. There's nothing there. Like you never woke up in one day and said, "Oh boy, I really hope when I walk out the door and hold my wife's hand and kiss her, people don't think I'm I'm fucking weird." You've yeah. never experienced that. Yeah. And that's why we're we celebrate something like Pride Month because mm-hmm. people can imagine if you couldn't express who you are. Yeah. That's fucking like. And then for people like, "Oh, glad glad the straight Pride Month was over." Mm-hmm. Why did yeah. it affect you at all? Yeah. Yeah, and it's. Well, it's, I don't know, it's just people getting bent out of shape because they want to be bent out of shape. Yeah, they need something to complain about. Yeah. Sucks. And, yeah, and I I don't know, I guess those people aren't happy with their lives and that's why they want to do that or something like that. Yeah, that's literally what it boils down to. You know, and it's, you don't obviously want to be judgmental and say, like, clearly you're not happy, but, like, what does it matter to you how, what, you know, Tom and Dick do behind their doors. Mm-hmm. It, it's not affecting you at all. And if and if if you truly and this is a thing too, if you really want conversation to happen about it, mm-hmm. for me personally, if someone who was who was trans wanted to sit in this chair and we can and have that conversation I just had, maybe I can get a better understanding. But if my approach to that person is you're fucking weird and I don't like you and I hate you, we're never gonna meet in the middle. Well, that's a, because I'm yeah. coming at it already with hateful with a hateful mind and a, and, a, and, a, and an understanding where I don't want to learn. Mm-hmm. Same with Christianity. Well, I was if say if that me and you were sitting down, yeah. If me and you were sitting down religiously, and I I I'm a devout atheist who hates everything that you believe, and you are like, hey, I this is why I believe it. But if we immediately shut that door, mm-hmm. we're never gonna open that that communication for each mm-hmm. other, and it, it's just it's just not healthy for people. This is something I I've said to somebody who. Essentially, this is one of the first people who to ever turn on me when I was like going through my crisis of faith and, and questioning everything. And I started to believe ultimately that all people go to heaven or at least have, have a role to play in the yeah. cosmic whatever. And they laughed at me and because and they were in very much in this Protestant worldview of some get saved, some go to hell. And I'm he, he was very much just trying to put this gap in between us and say, you're that, I'm this. And I what I said to him was, I want you to hand me your beliefs. Hand them to me right now. Give me them. Put them in your hands. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. Why should that affect this relationship? Yeah, You're literally taking something out of your brain and saying, you're a real person, I can touch you but I'm not going to associate with you because of something that you have in your brain. Mm-hmm. So it's literally the farthest points. And you're taking one of the biggest things your religion teaches you by judgment and you're throwing it, you're using it, and it's, mm-hmm. you're, you're actually breaking even... Because that's a thing, too, that, that, that really that upsets me with some Christians is they're like, oh, I'm a Christian, and I really don't like the whole gay thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or people who, who love the same sex. Okay, were you, ever, were you ever married? Yes. Before you were married, did you pre- have premarital sex? Well, yes. Mm-hmm. There's no ranking system in sin in the Bible. Mm-hmm. If you commit it, you commit it. Mm-hmm. So if you're so, then if you're gonna latch on to the gay thing, right? You've probably committed 15 sins yourself, and you're doing it on a daily basis by judging mm-hmm. those people. Mm-hmm. That if in reality, just because you go every Sunday, mm-hmm. in your mind, you're both going to the same place. Mm-hmm. You're both gonna burn in hell. Yeah, in your mind, because that's the way you're perceiving it, mm-hmm. and then and they don't want to hear that because mm-hmm. every, like I I think like for me personally, wherever I end up, if I go through my whole life and I and I don't believe that, and I get and I, I my eyes close for the final time and I reopen and I'm at the, the gates and I'm like, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. At least I hope for me personally, I've made enough positive impact and change on the world. And that, and I'm not doing it for a spiritual thing. I'm just doing it because I want to be a good human. Mm-hmm. Um, 
hey, when you get there, you know, your bullshit little podcast, 14 people heard your story and they they did something positive with it. Mm-hmm. You may not have believed what I believe in, but you mm-hmm. followed my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, that's welcome. Exactly, that's what I said earlier was, well, I mean, there's this, this great story in the Bible where Jesus is essentially he's talking about himself as the judge. And he says, like, that all these people, they go out and do things in his name. But those aren't the people who were who get accepted in because they're not actually going to the widow, the, the people in prison, the the orphan, the, the outcast or the outcast, the people who actually need. And what's super fascinating is that Jesus says, he's like, you don't, you didn't just do it to those people. You did it to me. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you're turning your back on God. And again, so it's the fundamental principle of be, believing that each individual has that divine essence within them. And so, I mean, your normal, your normal run-of-the-mill Protestant Christianity or Christian doesn't have that as an axiom in their worldview. They don't understand that. What they understand is you're either saved or you're not saved, either going to hell or you're not. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, is or at least from my perspective, is that each individual has each individual has that divine spark within them, and that is going to return back to its original essence upon death. Yeah, and that's everything else will kind of burn away with it. And I don't know if I use the word burn intentionally yeah. there, but no, yeah. it'll it'll just kind of fade away with it. Yeah. Or I, I, well, there's I don't know. But, that's a whole but, other but thing. Society and how you've been saying that scripture from the Bible people latch on to that negative mm-hmm. our, our media does it to this day people in general you can you can uh, the joke uh, there's always a joke there's a there's, a, there's a, a joke where like hey you can build a million bridges but if you suck one penis you're a dick sucker for life but, yeah but, and i know that's a, <laughs> it's a funny joke and it's kind of homophobic sure but on the same token like you can you can you can a, yeah. you can be a firefighter and save a million people, and you have one bad day, and 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 you you snap and you kill someone, or you get behind the wheel of a car drunk, right. and you make a bad decision and kill someone. Yep. It doesn't matter that you did a hundred thousand things good in your life. People mm-hmm. are gonna latch onto your one negative, mm-hmm. and that's gonna and then people want that to define you as a person, mm-hmm. and it's kind of shitty. Right. That's why I, I like I can't help but go back to just that idea that like it's we have to view people from that original essence in that core or else we're not going to be able to i always try to i always try to look at people like people like oh um like for example we were talking off camera where every time i do an interview someone approaches me and says um oh you're going to do an interview with such and such here's every negative thing i've ever heard about them Mm -hmm. and i say cool i'm not interested in that Mm -hmm. um I'm only interested in the fact I want to learn about that person. And maybe that story comes up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fish for it. Mm-hmm. But if they tell that story and they're 100% truthful and they and they, and they they tell why they've been down that path, and as you as a person who's been judging them for it, mm-hmm. they've owned up to it. Mm-hmm. Move on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's well, – okay. So, like, this is, this, is a, this is hard to talk about just mostly because, like, I feel a lot of people could potentially get upset. But I – a couple of years ago, an individual drove a car through a pride or uh, an anti. It was a he, he drove through a crowd of bunch of through He's a bunch of people. S- Served life in prison. Yeah. Yes. And so I know there's a bunch of people who were like, "Yes, this is awesome." And like, there's a part of me that's just like, "Well, yeah, maybe." Maybe that's, I mean, he killed somebody mm-hmm. and he injured a bunch of people, so he's probably not the best person to have out in, in public. Granted, yep. does that person have the right to grow and change and? do better in the world sure i my hope is that that's what we would 
believe. I think, I think, I think a life of parole is a very steep. Now, if he well, because he's twenty two, yeah. dude. Imagine, like, because this is what I couldn't get out of my head. It had nothing to do with the acts that he did. Yes. It was the fact that a twenty two year old kid who was probably raised in hate his whole mm-hmm. life is sent away for forever now. Yes, and and there's people applauding that. And again, I understand why you're doing that, and I can get behind that. Dude, you're not a, you're green. not supporting his actions. You're supporting hey. You're, you're supporting his salvation as a human. Mm-hmm. But like, that's my thing with prison, too. I say, I, you know what? Turn around and tell someone, hey, you're going to jail for life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to grant you parole every four years. If you physically go to jail and you can show me you're making a positive impla- an impact, and I, and I think there's some, I think there's certain situations I know where they try to do it within prison where they say, hey, like, Prisoners, we're going to give you a little more freedom and we're going to let you do some things. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like prisoners shouldn't be grouped in the same people together. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that guy is a murderer, but should he go to jail with, with all the other murderers? With every, like, I think, yes, at first maybe he should. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, okay, he, he, he's, he's genuinely sorrow for his actions. And if he's not, then okay, then, he, then, then you won. Your, your system has been proven to work. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone should be given the opportunity to make a change. Right. And if they come out and make the change again, if they mm-hmm. come out like, no, you let that guy out in five years, mm-hmm. and and he turns around, does it again, and I know you're, you're the the other side of the coin will be like, well, if we wouldn't have let him out, he wouldn't have done it again. Yeah, and that's a valid point. Like it you is. can't, you're like, because the the proof is in the pudding. You're like, yeah, apparently yeah. you were right. But I, but I guess the hope is that there would be some sort of redemption. Yeah, because I I I'd lean towards that heavily because I guess there's a part of me that that thinks this thought. Hopefully that part of me that thinks that is my brain. Yeah. <laughs> not like some spirit. Yeah. <laughs> but um the uh oh man, I lost it. It's I in order the for the <laughs> in order for the universe to be just, then everyone not only has to has a chance at redemption, but everyone is redeemed. Yeah. And I, I believe that and I I I think this is my my high hopes, my high faith in, in whatever's happening here is that and again, this is me like super optimistic about this of being like everything that's ever happened, every word, every action, everything, it all exists within this beautiful creation. Mm-hmm. It's it's being redeemed. It's being utilized in a way that we couldn't even possibly understand. And that's that's a, what I hope for. And that's how I look at the world and I see that these these terrible things that have not only happened to these people I don't know, but also horrible things have happened to me, and, and I'm sure you and, and everyone has a story. Yeah, so it's like that's why I, I started this. <laughs> I believe that that those things, either if it's going on a podcast and telling your story and, and giving someone hope or whatever it is, somehow that's going to be used. Yeah. For for light, you know. It's just crazy. We've been here for an hour and f- almost over forty five minutes. Like, what <laughs> section? Like, here's what annoys me about the internet. Like, what section of our conversation would you edit out? I wouldn't edit any of it out. I think no. it's a great conversation, yeah. I, and I think it's I, I think it'd be entertaining for someone to listen to. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like when people talk about like it's a media, like this is I don't know, it's beautiful. But mm-hmm. I want to go back to some real quick. So, okay. um, you you do, you do your you do your travel and you come back. And you're, you're you're starting churches and trains. Mm-hmm. The the meaning behind that name. Uh, this is exciting because I never really get to talk about this in public, and no one really asks asked me about it yeah. ever. Um. Because now I learn a little bit about you and your mm-hmm. beliefs and, and mm-hmm. where you've been. And mm-hmm. Well, you'll, you'll yeah. understand this the second that I, yeah. I say it. So 
There's, it's actually lyrics from a song. Uh, the song is called Amsterdam by Gregory Allen Isakov. If you haven't heard him, go listen to him. He's phenomenal. Um, and I hope he doesn't mind me using his lyrics and making a small, 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 small amount of money off of them. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'd be flattered. And if he yeah. isn't, then that sucks. Yeah. But the, okay, so the lyrics are uh, churches and trains. They all look the same to me now. Shoot you someplace while we aim to come home somehow. And for me, that's just always been it. Mm-hmm. I've. How do you boil that lyric down? We're all trying to get home. Whether it be transportation or whether it be spiritually, a contentment of the soul, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, and I think that's what I figured. But I just wanted to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, because that's for me, it's I, that's me personally. Would like, you would you rank that really high in like your all time favorite lyrics? It would be up there. Yeah. I mean, I named a thing out of it. I, I have this too. It's a, a tattoo. It's a church and a train. So nice. it's like it really means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Just mostly because those two ideas have embodied the majority of my life. Yeah. Um. I, I been spiritual since I was 17. I'm 29 now. I mean, spiritual is such a hard, a hard thing. I've, I've been devoted to the spiritual practice for over 10 years now. I've been traveling since I was 19. I lived in a different country. I've been to almost 10 different countries. And I've traveled the States a fair bit. And so it's just that that just always summed it up for me because I always knew that those two things were kind of overlapped a little bit. Yeah. And my, my whole moving to Oregon was the number one reason was I needed to figure out what the an- I had a question in my head and I needed to figure out the answer. And the question was, what is God? Mm-hmm. And I went out to Oregon to try to figure that out. That's all I did. It was it was a crazy time, man, because I, like, I'll say, like, if I was awake from, you know, 8 in the morning until 10 at night, only two hours of those days was spent on something that wasn't either chanting, meditating, reading a philosophy book, reading a holy book from God knows where. And that was just, that was really important for me to just like, cause I needed to leave behind every, like all the voices that were like, you're wasting your time. This doesn't matter. I was super devoted to Christianity and then that fell through for me and I needed a connection back to that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I found that when I was out. I put on I put churches and trains on hold for a year because I'm like this that stuff doesn't matter if I can't kind of figure out this other stuff. Yeah, you know, I I know a lot of people get upset with, and I'm sure people typecast you and put you in a type of group of people, and I I admire that. Like me personally, I'm I'm I try to come off like I I love my punk rock and I try to come off as punk as I possibly. Like people are like yo, why don't you promote your show? And I'm I kind of punk rock promote it but i kind of do it through social media like mm-hmm. uh, you know what i mean but uh i i um realistically if i wanted to pursue a dream i couldn't mm-hmm. because i need to make x amount of dollars to pay bills mm-hmm. and i think people who live in means that they don't necessarily outstretch mm-hmm. and they can work in in a smaller job that people are like that's not a real job but you're mm-hmm. still pursuing your craft mm-hmm. I'm kind of jealous of that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a cool thing. And people were like, "Oh, you're, when are you going to grow up and get a real job?" Like, mm-hmm. just be, just because society tells you you're not successful if you're making X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. happiness is super important. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you got to live with yourself. Yeah. Well, okay. So I saw this status the other day, and someone was like, "I don't understand how people who don't work full time jobs can function." You know, I work a full time job, and I'm you know up to my eyeballs in bills or whatever, and I'm like. I 
haven't worked full time in two years. I actually took most of 2018 off. I was unemployed for from May of 2018 until December of 2018. Mm -hmm. I was just doing things and I was living off of saved money. So when I was out in Oregon, I was working part time as a janitor. So like anyone could look at just that and just be like, well, you're not you're 27 and you're that's how you're living your life. But at the same time, I'm writing a book. I'm dialoguing all these deep thoughts that need to be processed with people. I'm working on my music and, and doing these things that are more important to me. I don't care if people look at me and say, you're 29, you're a part-time barista. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm doing the things that I want to do. When, mm -hmm. I, when, I, when I wake up in the morning, I get to choose what I want to do. Yeah. And I just, I can't beat that. I, I always kind of, this might seem stupid, but... I, I, there's a Dane Cook skit he did where he said, um, I always want to, I want to leave a legacy. Mm -hmm. And his, his like, you know, there's a kid eating an ice cream cone in the park and I just, I walk up and smash the ice cream cone in his face and I, I look at him and say, you'll remember me for fucking ever. Mm -hmm. Realistically, mm -hmm. you've left a legacy. Mm -hmm. And I kind of took his joke and I said, you know what, that's, it's kind of true. Mm -hmm. And I kind of took it like I know that's a joke, mm -hmm. but you can you can leave a legacy no matter like you could wake up to tomorrow, the second you walk out your door, the first person you interact with, you can leave a lasting impression on that person mm -hmm. and change them for the better or the good. Mm -hmm. People who are racist, people who are anti something, they they stem from a story. Mm -hmm. What are they are they stem from a belief? So this is just the plinko ball, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a black man i'm not black wasn't my name but i'm not sure. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a black <laughs> well but not a black man nice. um i walk out the door i walk up to i just i'm having a bad day my my bills aren't paid i'm broke i'm depressed i have anxiety i hate the world and this i'm not saying this is an all i'm just just putting a scenario out there and i walk down the street and i walk up to the first person i see and for some reason that person gives me shit and um 18 19 years old back then for me I, I, shoot I'll, I'll take a swing at somebody i don't care mm -hmm. i hit that person that person then goes on their whole life like i was just minding all my own business and i was hit by a black guy mm -hmm. i hate all black people mm -hmm. that person turns around and has four kids mm -hmm. he raises all four kids that hate black people yeah you have just created a you just left a legacy that's going to impact the world yeah and that's, well, that's... <laughs> or you can walk out the door mm -hmm. and that person can already have that state of mind mm -hmm. and they're in a horrible car accident mm -hmm. and their car is about to blow up and it's on fire and most people pull their phones out and they record it and they're like mm -hmm. this guy's gonna get blown up in his car <laughs> but you decide you're gonna be different and you're gonna crawl in there and you're gonna pull that person out and save yeah. their life you don't know that that person hates your guts because the color of your skin yeah you pull him out you pull him to safety his car explodes Mm -hmm. He's going home to his four teach four kids that he just raised his entire life to be completely racist, mm -hmm. and now he has to go home and explain to him that a black man just the Saved reason I'm life. home today is because mm -hmm. someone you no. can make an impact any way you possibly yeah. can. Yeah, think I, I, I think that that's well okay. So something uh, you I think I played this song when I was there. Michigan was mm -hmm. the one where everyone sings at the end. It was yeah. the, would it be the last song I played, and um, the whole point of. The first line of that song is, um, so what, oh God, so what shall we make now that this is done? So it was about, I, I was dating this girl who was an artist and we broke up. And so it's like, okay, 
well, now what? Now, you know, I have an option to either just be pissy, just hate her, do whatever, or I have an opportunity to take what has just been, for lack of a better term, gifted to me and hopefully bring that into something that can be cathartic for people, that they find some sort of peace in it and that they, they can they can see that there's hope. Mm-hmm. And that's always been like, I'm not very much, I don't know, I don't go, I don't talk about hope a lot like in my personal life, but like in a lot of my music or poetry or whatever, I, that's something I fall back on a lot is because, I don't know, that maybe there's just a part of my brain that just sees it and just understands that there is hope yeah. and that there is a chance for redemption or whatever it is. Yeah. But, you know, I yeah, just can't that, seem that, to That's just something that. that I try to do, especially now that I'm trying to put myself out there, like out there more, especially with this podcast. I'm not, like I said, I, I, when I go out and I'm in public, yeah, it's just, sometimes I cut loose and have a couple beers and I have like a fun, uh, they, people think I'm probably a drunk idiot. Mm-hmm. When I go see a band, I like to have fun. Mm-hmm. I like to sing, dance. And, mm-hmm. and if I'm doing it, I know mm-hmm. somebody else will like, mm-hmm. Oh, if he's, if they think I'm drunk while I'm doing it, mm-hmm. then cool. Right. If it opens you up more to come and dance for that mm-hmm. band, it makes art, it makes the artist feel good. Mm-hmm. But I always just try to carry myself in a standard where like, Hey, he was a cool person. Maybe I'll give his opportunity. I'll, I'll support what he's into more because I, I I've learned more about him. Or right. and that's that's a huge reason why I was like, man, I want people to tell their stories. But then I'm like, I can take that whole thing as well. Like, I'm very influenced by like I have two influences, and I think they're both polar opposites of people. But I think they both have. You boil them down. I'm I'm a huge. Well, if you if you had to say, who do you think my influences are? I'm gonna say Joe Rogan was he's, probably he's, one of them. Yeah, he's one. Yep. And Vince McNam. No, no. I, uh, yeah. God damn it! No. He, he's also a, a um a person who used his voice. I'm I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. Okay. Um, because I I, I think both of those people interview two dips of different types of people, mm. but at the end of their interview, even if you walked into that interview, like for example, like Howard Stern can interview like he interviewed Miley Cyrus one time, and I was like in my car, and it was gonna be a nice long drive, and I was like, do I want to fucking listen to an interview? with fucking Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. I don't like Miley Cyrus, yeah. only because I've watched so many things on the internet where people use her as a meme and degraded her and tell her, to, I was told by people that I should hate this person. Mm-hmm. And I bought it. Mm-hmm. I bought a hook, line, and sinker. I was mm-hmm. a sheep. And I was like, you know what? And I never listened to her music because I'm a rock guy and I like this and I'm not listening to that pop shit. <laughs> and I sat and listened to Miley Cyrus's interview mm-hmm. and I went, holy fucking shit. She was a girl who was raised by a guy who wrote one of the biggest hit songs of his whole life, mm-hmm. produced songs for a lot of people mm-hmm. after that because people thought he was a joke, mm-hmm. but still made his money and, and, and found a way to provide for his family. Yeah. Enough that his daughter became a Disney star or Nickelodeon, whatever she was. And then her whole life, she had to be someone she wasn't. So people joked around like, oh, she's the Hannah Montana. Miley. Yeah, that's what, that was legit her life. She had yeah. to be someone she wasn't. Yeah. And she was if you want to call her a hippie, she was a hippie. Mm-hmm. She wanted to experiment. She mm-hmm. wanted to live her life. She mm-hmm. wanted to go through things that most teenagers do, but because she's a celebrity, she's not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Fucking hell yeah. Like even with Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. that kid was 13 years old and he was worth, he, his net worth was higher than anyone in our entire county is ever going to see. <laughs> and you expect him to go, you know what I mean? And you expect him to go through his entire teenage life Being where most adult, people yeah. are assholes and scumbags and you're expecting him not to be and he's worth triple the money. Yeah. When I was a kid, if you gave me $50 and told me to go to the candy store, I'm going to ball out. 
that kid was 13 and he was worth billions. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, it's, I don't know. It's the getting caught in the drama of it all, yeah. right? Because you're just like, well, now that I've stepped into I'm a punk rocker, I can no longer do this. Yeah, and I hate and that. Like, yeah, me too, because I'm just like, why? That's so limiting. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't know. It's just, cool to be influenced. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. And it's like, cool to even have like your style in a genre yeah. or whatever, you know? Because it's, it's, it's a tribe. It's, yeah. It's something that's close to home. But you have to understand that people are allowed to have whatever they want as the tribe. Yeah. You know? And then so when I, I listen to those interviews by the, by these two people and I'm like, holy shit. And by the end of the interview, I'm like, you know what? And I, I, I turned off the interview and I literally went to Spotify and I clicked Miley Cyrus and I hit shuffle play. Mm -hmm. And then I listened to her lyrics. Mm -hmm. I can't play a guitar to save my life. Mm -hmm. I can't. Me neither. Don't I can't bad. sing to save my life. Again, me neither. Don't but, feel bad. But I, I wish I can sing. Because yeah. I can retain yeah. lyrics like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're like, hey, Tony, let's go karaoke. If I get drunk enough and I have the balls, I'll probably do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I won't be horrible. Like, mm -hmm. I listen to the people. I'm like, all right, as long as I don't try to sing and I, like, just go up and have fun, mm -hmm. I can hit the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I can keep a flow and I have all right timing. Sure. Um, but I latch on the lyrics. So then I hear someone's story and then I go back and I... I I'm more inclined to support that person in their craft, in their artistry, because I've learned more about them. Mm -hmm. So my theory to that when I started this and I was like, okay, I want I want people to come on and tell their stories because I think there's a lot of good stories that people can learn from in our area and help yeah. themselves. We talked about depression. We talked about suicide. We talked about drug addiction, heroin addiction, the whole nine. And then I was like, okay, I'm, a, I'm in a slump right now where people don't want to tell their stories, which I completely understand because it's very hard to do that. And mm -hmm. a lot, and, I, and when people are like, hey, and I know people have amazing stories, but I would never approach someone and be like, hey, I know you went through something because I don't want to cash in on your right. yeah, your, your negativity, but I think your story would help somebody. Mm -hmm. And then I, I and I don't approach people like that. I just don't do it. So if they approach me and I say, like, when you approach me, mm -hmm. I had no idea we were going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I just said, you know, whatever you're comfortable, we'll do. Mm -hmm. But I, I truly feel like if someone sat and put the time in to listen to this two-hour interview... I Thank honestly, you. I honestly think if someone says Church and Strange is playing at this venue after they took two hours, because I, I, me personally, if I listened to this, I'd be latched within the first thirteen minutes, and I would want to listen to it all. Yeah, and I, I'd be more inclined to go support you as a person because you were. I learned more about you. We mm -hmm. like, like I happened to a lot of people. Like I had this Meg on, mm -hmm. and Meg told a very deep story. And people go up to Meg and be like, "I heard your thing, and I I, I like like thank you for yeah. for doing that." And I and and if you can do that for a musician or an artist or someone mm -hmm. or a local business, mm -hmm. it's it's only going to help. Yeah, because well, you're, you're think, making that intimate connection. Mm -hmm. And I think of what's important is that you're empowering the individual, and there's yeah. nothing really more important than that. Is just to say that it's you can do it. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, you can do it. And well, and also this is and this isn't my idea, but the fact that we all say you can live up to your potential. Mm -hmm. I'll say that to you. I have no idea what your potential is. Yeah. Like not even the slightest, but you do. To some degree, it's a it's a foggy idea in the back of your mind, but it's something that definitely exists as as a possibility. Yeah. And I I I don't know. I there's just this deep sense within me that the individual matters and mm -hmm. their stories matter and how they move through life matters as yeah. well and i don't i don't know like cosmologically what that means like what is how do our stories affect the universe mm -hmm. i have no idea but yeah. i know that it affects this yeah. and that's way more tangible and closer than 
the infinite. Yeah. You know? And the reason I'm like, well, all right, I can make this just an audio-only podcast. But realistically, if this was only audio, I don't think that many people listen. I have Mm -hmm. a consistent seven people who listen to every audio I put out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for those seven people. It's not a huge number. No. But it, when I upload something to YouTube, I average about 30 to 30 to, I mean, I've had interviews that went 30. I had interviews that had 575 people watch. Yeah. It really varies. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if, if those 10 people that listen to every single show get something out of it, then cool. Yeah. I love it. Um, but it's just, it just, I, you can sit there and say our area is terrible and you can say that I hate it, but if you're not willing to make a change, then what are you doing? You're just complaining. Right. right. It just, I don't know, just well, okay. trying to leave that legacy. There's this uh, Jewish saying that is, uh, I think it's good. It's any old donkey can tear down a barn. It takes a special donkey to build one. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like you can you can shit on Schuylkill County all you want, and most of your points will be pretty valid. But guess what? You live here, fucker. This is your home. Yeah, I don't so, see you like, moving. Right. So it's like if if this would be idiotic if you came into my house and you saw how terrible it was and then i blamed either my neighbor or my landlord mm-hmm. you know it's not his fault yeah. i'm living there you know so i think that there's a huge responsibility on the individual to make their home something of worthwhile you yeah. know actually this is... I, I honestly think there's a lot of things in school county in our our area Luzerne, everything carbon county i think there's awesome things out there that a lot of people take for granted, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of really talented people that we that we don't know about, and that's all I like. That's the main thing. I'm like, I want to put that out there yeah. because I think when when people look at like, hey, Tim's gonna be on YouTube, some people are like, oh, cool, another fucking podcast. You mm-hmm. know, two people thinking their ideas are super important that people should listen to, and sure. I get that. Yeah, and that's just you boiling down to something that you think you're making anything can sound stupid if you make mm-hmm. it one if mm-hmm. you want to, but. There's some people that are like, I wonder what Tim's doing on YouTube. And then he goes mm-hmm. and listens to it. Mm-hmm. And you make the everyday person seem like they're more than they are. And mm-hmm. if that's what it takes for someone to listen mm-hmm. and maybe and and want to make a change and yeah. do something positive, then cool. But yeah. at, the, at, at the end of the day, we're still just we're everyday people. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you, that sounded like a good like sound yeah. off for? At no, the, no, no, not at all. No, but no. that's just that's just yeah. that's my way. Of, that's why like the only thing I would have changed with the name of the mm. show is I wouldn't have had it interviews. Mm. In retrospect, I would have had a conversations. Mm. I would have named it conversations with everyday people. Yeah, because I I don't feel like I'm interviewing. I mean, realistically, I probably am. Mm-hmm. But I want my interview to be more like a, a, conversation. a conversation. Yeah, yeah, and this is something I would do even if there was no microphones on. Mm-hmm. I'm just super interested in meeting people and and, right. and talking. Well, that's what I said to you before we got into this. Was I'm really excited to talk to you just because you look like someone who like actually wants to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this experience one time, and this was like so upsetting. I I was it was when I was well, let's not quantify it because I don't want anyone to hear the story. Yeah, but. I had a really impactful worship night at church and it was like, you know, just one of those moments where it's like, you're kind of like, what's happening? Everything, like, I feel really good. I'm, I feel like I interacted with something higher than myself and I don't, I don't understand this. And I went out to dinner with several of the people that were in that same service and no one talked about the service at all. And I'm just like, guys, can we just talk about the fact that we were just like swept up into like something very beautiful? I don't know what it is. I mean, we can quantify it however you want, but the fact that we're not talking about it and we're talking about like season 
two of Stranger Things or whatever, and that that's fine and that's wonderful. But like, there's some depth to the human existence and the human human experience that people just don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about talking about it because I'm like, do you think maybe those those people were just going through the motions where you actually got something out of it? Yeah, and well, I mean, there's a whole like backstory of just like I just for a long time people just didn't want to talk theology around me, especially if they were like like mainstream Christians. Yeah, a lot of people hear like I guess you would say middle of the road conversation. Even we talk like some of the topics we talked about today politic wise, there's probably someone who's listening like fuck those guys I'm turning off. Mm-hmm. Everything's a fucking fairy tale to them. That's not mm-hmm. the real world. Mm-hmm. Why can't it be? Yeah. Well, well it's also I mean <laughs> the you know what is real and yeah. what is truth and and those are I mean those are incredibly hard questions to answer just because you gave something a name doesn't mean that's what it is yeah yeah well gosh it's i don't know man it's i think something that we keep repeating is this idea of like don't judge you know like it's like you're you're seeing all these other people out there and they're this is actually funny like i got this from somebody one time and it was it was one of the most profound things that they this person ever said to me and i i kept it with me and it was i was complaining about someone who was commenting on a status that I put. So I put up this opinion, someone disagreed with it, and there was tension. And then it started a whole shit show. Right. And I, you know what I do? I used to be the person who, like, I seen a post today, and if they ever would watch, they're going to know exactly who they are, because we're still friends, and we've had conversations, and we both strongly disagree, but he was the con- he was the post that said, um, glad straight, I, I'm glad that shit straight pride month is over. Now, mm-hmm. we, I guess all those businesses and people who put that rainbow on, I guess they're going, they're back to being straight again. Yeah. My podcast used, the, 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 we, mm-hmm. I, I've supported Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean I'm gay, mm-hmm. but I'm just showing support not, to it. Right. And you're not trying to capitalize off of and it. I'm you're not just tra- exactly. support. I'm showing support. Right. And if, if it took, if it bothered you that much that you had to make that your profile picture, like your profile status today. Mm-hmm. You're 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 only people only do that so someone comments mm-hmm. so they can start that negativity. Mm-hmm. And I read it and I wanted to be like I just wanted to put like oh cool bro you're so edgy thank you for being you. Yeah. But I was like you know what? Nah. I'm don't need to scroll engage right past it. Right. Well, the thing that she said to me was essentially that in in spirit was don't let them ruin your garden. Yeah. And it's just like okay so your goal my goal your goal is to learn to cultivate this inner peace is to learn to figure out how do I walk in harmony with myself, with my neighbors, with my community at large? How do I, how do I tend that garden? And then you have idiots who, I mean, you brought on yourself like I did, you know, I'll, I'll admit that, that I was like, I'm going to put out something edgy and it'll get an edgy response and then I'll be upset. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, like you're the one that's ruining your own garden, but you also have to let, these, you can't let these other people and their opinions ruin. Because, okay, so here's the thing is I think it's we can sit here and we can say that it's, you know, you have to love everybody and, and whatever. And I think that's very important. But you also have to be able to love yourself regardless of if these people fall in line or not. Yeah. Because not everyone's going to love you. Yeah. Not everyone that listens to this. Like, and because I'm. People I, will watch something to shit on it. Mm-hmm, yeah. And like, and that's, I mean, that's a whole other issue of like why they're doing that. And it's like, but. I think it's, I don't know, it's, you, you can't be looking to be that person or to try to, to do that. Because yeah. if you're, even if your, your intentions are 
good to some degree and you just keep pushing people's buttons, then it's just you're just going to upset people. And, yeah. I, and I think the problem with uh, social media, especially at this point after the last election, is everyone now is just kind of screaming into the, the same the tunnel. Yeah. Because you're all, the echo chamber. You're only getting back what because everyone who's anti-Trump deleted mm-hmm. everyone who's anti-Trump or, or vice versa or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. So now you're just kind of at this place where you're just screaming into the void. And I okay, so I put up this Facebook status the other day, and it was if you're into philosophy, theology, or social justice, make sure you actually leave something behind other than a couple of Facebook statuses, mm-hmm. because that's not gonna matter. Yeah, like. I could go and put this most profound thing that I could think about online or, or like the edgiest post I could think about while shitting on like, you know, racists or homophobics or whatever. But if I'm not actually going and living a life where those people that, you know, the oppressed get to flourish or I'm actually doing something that will have a legacy behind it, then what am I? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you're it doesn't matter. No, you know, like and this is OK. So. I had this talk with a, a pastor recently is there's this verse where Jesus says, what is it? What is it to you? If you love those who love you, what does that matter? You're not doing anything. It's just the natural ebb and flow of how life works. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're loving the people that love you that you're not going to win a trophy for that. Yep. You're going to win a trophy for loving the people who hate you. You're going to love You're You're going to win by being meek and, and taking yeah. on, these things yeah the the old me i would i would have a confront confrontation with somebody and i would argue and i would get angry and i would get into a screaming match and i would work myself up and i would at the end of the day i'd be like yeah and then i just sit out I, I would end that conversation or that text message or that facebook post or that myspace post and i would and, and the whole time i'm going about my day but i'm thinking that asshole tim that i just fought with on fa-, and i'm like why why even waste that energy Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. So I recently kind of just got caught up in a little bit of that, and and I was like, and then after it was over, I was like, why did I even? Why? Why did I do that? Like mm-hmm. that's not who I am as a person, and right. like, and, and that's like, where I, that's where I felt like the, the 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 universe thing, where I was like, um, the law of attraction. I've welcomed negativity in, mm-hmm. and now negativity is following me. Mm-hmm. If I would have never just even engaged that and just mm-hmm. moved on. Mm-hmm. Probably the, the the situation would have seen me handle it in a more positive light mm-hmm. and a respectful light, and mm-hmm. maybe I could have changed that situation in a better mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But I just fed into it being the neg- like I, I fed into it on the easier path because every situation you walk into has a negative side of it and a positive side, and nine times out of ten, the negative side is the easier walk path to walk, and sometimes it's the most satisfying mm-hmm. because you're the the human interaction to you is 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 the animalistic side where I want to fight and I want to get angry and I want to show those emotions and I want to show that I'm dominant and I want to be alpha male mm-hmm. and then there's the positive side where you kind of have to humble yourself and show me maybe show yourself as a little weaker mm-hmm. because in perception but to you you're the stronger person for doing it mm-hmm. and you're going to confuse that negative person who wants to feed into it because they're like why the fuck are they getting angry mm-hmm. and and that's where the change happens. Mm-hmm. That person says, "Why are they not getting angry? Mm-hmm. Why are they not feeding into my nonsense? Why are they not? I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving them all the bait. They're not biting." And that'll that'll blow someone's mind if you yeah. do that properly, because there's so. Because I mean, I I subscribe very strongly to the idea that our subconscious minds 
run our bodies probably a lot more than mm-hmm. our conscious mind. Yeah. So some dick who's out there trying to fight is doing it at some subconscious level because he needs something to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. And then he's not getting that. And hopefully that'll make him question his actions, his axioms, why he's It's easier to go through life as a, just a complete tornado mm-hmm. and tear everything down and break all relationships and burn all bridges and and to be just completely destructive, destructive, negative, hateful. That's the easier path to walk in life. It takes mm-hmm. nothing to do that. It takes mm-hmm. zero energy. Mm-hmm. But now, now stop your tornado mm-hmm. and try to rebuild it mm-hmm. and put the pieces together and I mean, rebuild your bridges mm-hmm. and change who the perception of everyone that the perception that everyone thought of you as being that person. It's a lot of work. And some people are willing to walk that path and make it work and, mm-hmm. and have that redemption. Mm-hmm. And then some people say, they look at the destruction they cause and say, not worth it. I'll just continue being a dickhead. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the fork in your road. Right. And that's, I mean, that's kind of going back to what we talked about earlier. Is that just your choice to be an asshole? Yeah. And like, like I said then, like it's obviously there's the reason that you're doing that is an echo from something. But you to some degree have control over the ship so try to aim it in a proper way that mm-hmm. that benefits everybody mm-hmm. and i don't i don't know i guess that's i mean it just has to come from a really hurt and broken place that you would want other people to be there and i've been there um, yeah i don't know if i've hopefully i haven't tried to like bring people into that so much but it's i mean misery loves company yeah you know so we were talking earlier, trying to get closer to wrapping up here, unless there's anything else that sure. we missed. But uh, I'd like to talk about this a little bit more. If that's 100%. Possible. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is there, mm. is there, now you said before that you have, everyone has their own, um, their full potential. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you are trying to accomplish, trying to get out there, trying to do it yourself? That's a good question. Like, do you, what, are, what are your recent goals, like with your music or your book or I think, well, your personal life? That's a good question. I think something that I would, and this kind of goes back to like just talking about like the kind of the purpose behind my music is that I want people to know that their life has great purpose behind it. You got to get on Spotify, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't know how that happens or how it works. This is just me going back to like (laughs) thinking no one likes my music or anything. I'm the the worst promoter for myself. When people tell me like, hey, go listen. You're on SoundCloud, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what Bandcamp is, but Bandcamp's I, just a downloading site that you yeah. can just like get out. SoundCloud for me, SoundCloud's hard to use, mm-hmm. and it's not user friendly. Like Spotify, I could like Mahatango. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Well, again, like I said, like it's just me being like I don't think anyone wants to listen to Do these it. things. Like I know, and yeah. <laughs> like it's me being wrong. Okay, so this, whenever someone comes up to me after a show and tells me they like their mu- my music, I'm just the first thought that runs through my head is you're wrong. Yeah. And really, so, yeah, wow, because yeah. you're like super like optimistic and positive, like that. You mm-hmm. immediately go right to that spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not naturally that way. I've, yeah. I've gotten this way through practice. Mm-hmm. Um, like someone says, "Hey, I listen to your podcast with this person." I go, I literally go, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I, it's more of a shock. Like, well, right. Thank I, you I, for taking time out to do that. I mean, the first time I ever had someone come up to me at a show, just being like, "I'm here solely because I wanted to hear your music," and I'm just like, "I don't what." Yeah. Like, like I wanted to, okay, so there was this time I played the show, uh, can't remember where, it was outside of Philly, and a guy came up to me after I was done my set and said, the only reason I came here is because I saw you on the, I just saw your name on the man, mar, the billboard or whatever, looked you up, liked your music, and came, and I just wanted to see you. 
I my, like people who take that workout. My my instinct was I'm going to give you five dollars. Because I'm just like, I, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Because I don't, I never expected I, anyone to I do hug. that. I hug. I'm a hugger. Yeah. Well, yeah. I am too. Yeah. But I creep people out, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. When, I, when I meet someone and they're like, hey, I'm like, I'm Tony. And then I go, uh, uh. <laughs> like, mm. I don't know. Because I, I, maybe it's because I just never felt accepted. And then, mm-hmm. and now I'm just like, a hug for me goes a long way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a good thing. I yeah. mean, it's one of our weird, like, culturistic things that we do i mean it's i'm pretty sure it's a human universal to embrace yeah you know i think a handshake i think handshakes are good Mm -hmm. but like like for example um i'm definitely a hug guy yeah i'm a hug guy too i don't think we hugged coming in i don't i I don't know because sometimes i get really weird doing it with some people and then like i don't like i don't want to be weird like like, sure i'll hug you when we leave okay definitely we should hug on camera (laughs) yeah (laughs) but like i know we just lost him in passing but like kind of go into that social status where people see other people and they're like oh man he's a rich person or he's worth a lot of money and da, 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 da. um the first time i ever met pat murphy mm-hmm. hug mm-hmm. hug right off the bat mm-hmm. didn't know him from adam i didn't know who pat murphy was i don't mm-hmm. buy jewelry i don't mm-hmm. like i you know what i mean mm-hmm. he was a guy in mazes and i was a redskins fan in, mm-hmm. in an eagles bar and people were heckling me and and fun sure and i met pat and i met him through the boys upstairs and every single time i ever met him he's just been a complete sweetheart of a person mm-hmm. i i love that man to death and i'm it, it devastated me when i found out that yeah. we lost him his his son sean murphy comes into our coffee shop every day mm-hmm. and he's a phenomenal i've never met sean he's wonderful yeah he's if one he's of any, the sweetest if he's anything yeah. like his father when it comes mm-hmm. to just being a good human mm-hmm. and uh, and even that whole thing when he passed and everyone immediately looked at that negative that that negative thing mm-hmm. and everyone's like well what if why this why why Fuck that! Why mm-hmm. we just lost a good person? Right, we just I, lost some a spark of divinity, you yeah. know. And 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 realistically, and I'm not saying I'm not even gonna feed into like the whys or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but like anyone can get drunk on a weekend and go and do something that they're they maybe not proud of. Yeah, but do they deserve to die for it? No, no, not at all. And 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 you're gonna you're gonna erase everything he's ever everything good he's ever done because mm-hmm. of that one negative. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a nobody. I'm I'm a I'm a poor scumbag kid from Monty City, and he would accept me because you know through you know through mutual friends he accepted me like I was just a normal everyday person and we could mm-hmm. have a beer together and mm-hmm. we're and like uh, he was it, you it wasn't a handshake it was a hug like he mm-hmm. was a good dude man like. Mm-hmm. That and like that, that's an impression on me. Like, if we just walk up, like, oh, hi, yeah, more a formal handshake is cool, mm-hmm. I'm with it. Mm-hmm. But if, if someone's first instinct is like, hey, I'm like, ooh, yeah, well, because they see you that kind says of a as, lot. A, as a person, not like an interaction yes. or something like yeah, that, I, like I that. guess. That's yeah, a, it's, it means a lot to me, but uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. Your, your your music and stuff like that, uh, yeah, I'm, going on, I'm trying to, I'll, I'll try to limit the tangents. And like, oh, no, it's, it's <laughs> totally fine, man. I guess, I don't know, I. I think it's a, it, like going back to your question of just like what am I trying to do or, or any of these things. I know I want to I want to I'm working somehow to try to get like a philosophy and theology series going or something like that, like shorter. And because uh, I mean, when was the last time anyone you know read a book? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, tough. And that's like and yeah. so I'm like I'm gonna write books and then it's just like well no one's gonna read them and because I'm Cause like people like podcasts right and like so like people aren't and people aren't reading philosophy books. Mm-hmm. Only, like, loser idiots like me are. You know? I like... See, like, for me, that's where the podcast fell in. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll list... I'll look at a podcast that's like, this is about spirituality, or this mm-hmm. is about 
government or this mm-hmm. is and i'm like okay i'm not really adept to that mm-hmm. i'll listen to someone talk about it for two hours in a car mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like i'll get an audiobook because mm-hmm. i just can't well, sit still to read something i think there's something to be said that the the spoken word is more powerful and more accessible to the average person than a book yeah um and i think that that's just something that i'm gonna have to work with in my kind of line of field mm-hmm. my line of field my yeah. line of work and uh I, so I'm, I'm working on something like that i want to do something shorter and a little bit more like accessible and but it's it's hard because i don't really have an audience at the moment so it's hard to because usually you try to do things with your audience in mind especially like writing a book or something yeah you want to know who you're writing it for and right at the moment i I don't that's kind of blurry for me so i kind of have a hard time directing that. and who am i i don't know anything like when i make my podcast I make it for I make it for me because mm-hmm. I hope that it's gonna help somebody else. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just like write it for well, yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're a genuine person and people mm-hmm. subscribe to what you do as a person or subscribe to you as a person, mm-hmm. they'll support it. Right. And there's also the idea of just like just just make something, make something good, and people will like it or they won't. And and the people who don't like it, that's fine. Like they're not wrong. Yeah. Like people who don't like my music, they're just they just don't like my music or my poetry. Like this, that doesn't. Put this up here. It doesn't matter, you know? So well, how did this book come about? So, okay, so I, I, I it was a, similar to the Oregon thing of just being like, one day I would like to write a book of poetry. Mm-hmm. And again, one day is not just going to happen. Like, I'm not just going to wake up one morning and now it's like, oh, I have a poetry book. Yeah. You it's know? It's already written and sitting on my bedside. Right. Yeah. And like, I had to be like, okay, let's start. So what I, what I did was just collect together every poem of mine that I could find. And I put them onto a document and either shifted them around because there's a, a slight narrative to the book. The book's broken down. Oops. You're good. The, the book is called Voyage to Leave to Return. And it's broken down into two sections to the leaving and the returning. And so I tried to find the poems that were fit within either one of those categories and then so you've always been writing poems that's kind of been your thing mm-hmm. so like when you have you been doing this since high school since middle school so so you're you're, you're you're what you're saying is you took how we talked about a little bit you you graduated high school you went and lived in another country you've mm-hmm. traveled different countries we didn't mm-hmm. really dive into everywhere you've been and traveled yeah. and i can came knock that out pretty quick yeah i was in taiwan from taiwan went to i spent a month in uh what was first India, then another month in China, back to Taiwan for a bit. Um, and then I was in Thailand, back to Taiwan, back to India, and then Australia, and then back to Taiwan. That was Australia. Mm-hmm. I would love to do Australia, mm-hmm. but reptiles and bugs. Dude, they're not. that's not a real thing. Cause like there's li- creatures on that know, island that well, are just right. crazy terrifying. Well, that's okay. So I, I, I hate snakes and yeah. like every snake there that bites you, you die. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing is, it's just like, and spiders are as big as my laptop. <laughs> like, no, thank you. I guess what they'll say is, is like those things don't. Yeah, they exist, but like they don't come into the city. Like, how often do you deal with snakes in Philly? And most of like most of there's some asshole neighbor who has an apartment full of them. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're right. But that guy's just an asshole, so he's gonna do whatever assholes do anyways. But no, so. Yeah, that was a lot of my traveling. I really loved India. I would go back to like India. Like, if I found out my neighbor 
literally my an attached neighbor had mm. an entire room dedicated to most poisonous snakes i would fucking move yeah i'd call the cops on her get them out of there <laughs> like get it. because yeah. if they get loose and somehow make their way over i will die of a heart attack yeah they won't even it doesn't even matter if they're poisonous you're just gonna die from that heart attack i'm not just i'm not educated enough on creatures and animals and sure. bugs to know like if i get bit what like my whole life i thought you can suck venom out that's not even a real thing so i'd have been there <laughs> sucking my arm and spitting it out and that's how you die and i would have been dead, found you just <laughs> his mouth was full of poison this idiot thought you could suck it out and now he's just swallowing yeah, it and, and he died quicker and it's weird he had pee on his arm I thought he th <laughs> that's, pee, yeah. that's for jellyfish but that's not even a real thing either Other isn't it I no. almost did that for somebody one time thank god I didn't then I guess it would so. be funny if you did <laughs> yeah. yeah I heard pee doesn't work but huh. I'm never gonna tell someone that like if, oh, if, yeah. if, like if, if I don't I don't know if my wife's in there but if she stepped on a jellyfish I'd pee on her just cause it's gonna help I know it's not going to but well, like what was okay well this let's not tell that story we'll say that for another time but i almost had to pee on someone because of homework i had like in when i was in bible school we had to do practical applications of the bible verses we read which is a good thing to do and one of them was like helping out those in need so like you get to give like just generic whatever you can think of helping someone you're already making the bible so much more fun yeah that you're you're helping someone and you're doing bible homework and it involved peeing on them so yeah. continue so like for me i'm like we had this uh group trip to the beach plan and i'm like all right so the practical application will be is if we go to the beach and someone gets stung by a jellyfish, I will pee on them. Yes. And someone did get stung by a jellyfish. And I'm like, dude, this is, you know, of God. Yeah. I, I thought of this God thing. wants you to see my dick. Right. God wants me to <laughs> pee on you right now. And he just wouldn't do it. And then, like, hindsight, that's fine. I yeah. wouldn't want anyone to. I, I don't know. I, I don't want anybody to pee on me, but I'm a man that lives for stories. Yeah. So it's like, me if too. I get stung by a jellyfish and you have to pee on me. I shared, it, I shared. I've shared your a, a, a toilet with three <laughs> other people, like just because we thought yeah. it was funny. Like I don't. Yeah, it's. I'm fine. comfortable with my sexuality. I'm comfortable with your sexuality as well. Yeah, I've seen a penis before, but who cares if it's my buddies? I see. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay, so maybe this is. Like you're not, not gonna look this down. is supposed to go. You're not gonna look down and go, "Oh my god, I see his dick. I'm gay now." That's not how it works. I had, I mean, I had this thing <laughs> with my best friend for the longest time that we weren't really best friends because I never saw his dick. Right. He's seen mine. But I'm like, I've never seen yours. That's, a, not... that's a true statement. That's a true statement. I uh, totally agree. And yeah. he doesn't. He's like, no, man, that's, you know, it's whatever. But I'm like, nah, dude, if you're true buddies with somebody, maybe I just had a weird upbringing with yeah. bad friends. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, I love it. I'd never, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, anyway. So the book. So, so, the book. so I was saying how your, your story kind of, you took, you've taken your poetry from, and it's, I think it's kind of cool that you've taken poetry from all ages. So some mm -hmm. of your stuff, you'd be like, oh, man, that's probably not a good one. But yeah. it fits the story and it fits mm -hmm. my narrative. Mm -hmm. So I used it because mm -hmm. some people would be like, I got to just bring my A game. And you're mm -hmm. like, no, this actually fits. Because that's why when I right. kind of read it, I was like, oh, and I kind of knew a little bit of your travel story. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize this is when I do these interviews, I don't I kind of ignore the person mm -hmm. until. Sure, no, that, yeah. I totally understand that. And, and I, I don't think a lot of people do. And I, I, I should probably say this if hopefully someone listens to the two hour and 30 minute mark um that i'm not igging you because i don't like you or i'm not interested in you is i like to learn About here you. like yeah. if you look right here i have no notes this is mm -hmm. all this is all off the cuff this is just general conversation building mm -hmm. um so when i when i he you sent me the book which i was very thankful you did and i i read i read some of it but my phone just sucks and i hate zoom in sure and then, yeah so i was like oh but i got the general 
just like oh you were leaving the area you went traveling mm-hmm. and and then you returned back home in it with a completely different state of mind yeah and you can see in your poetry because you didn't say oh well I'm gonna only take my a game I'm gonna mm-hmm. take the poetry that fits that scenario mm-hmm. which I think is a cool a cool yeah. thing and it's a yeah and I definitely added uh, poetry or poems to both section of the book even the even though I started writing this years after the to leave section yeah really began but it was like I know how I was feeling in that season I know I feel like this this poem that I have either recently I mean I wrote a decent amount for the book probably at least at least 20% of the book is original poems just for it a lot of it was like just laying around and one of the reasons that I did this, and I think it's I think it's important to say this on this podcast, is that I did this because I wanted to I wanted other people to know that they could do it too. Mm-hmm. It's this is a fifty page book. It has it's maybe has thirty poems in it. It's got pictures. Yeah, it's got pictures. <laughs> it's you know, so it's it's nothing. It's I mean, it's great. It's one of the like crown achievements of my life. But anybody could do it if they really tried to do it. Mm-hmm. And I I know so many talented people. And that just sit on their hands. Yeah, and I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, I, and like, I like you've heard from me. I don't think anything I do is good. Yeah. But I put out albums. I put out books because I'm like, this is what I want to do, and I, some level, enjoy doing these things. People seem to respond to it pretty well, so I'm going to keep putting this forward, and hopefully it works out. I don't have. See, that's why it's hard for me to answer this question because I don't, I don't want to wake up one day a rock star. I don't want to wake up one day, you know, super duper famous. Mm -hmm. Hopefully what I can do is just show somebody, change somebody and then let them know that their life is inherently valuable. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's this, um, if, yeah, if we can just leave the podcast with anything, there's this brilliant quote and I know I'm going to butcher it, but it's one of the things that I really hell I hold on to and, and, and let it give me comfort when it needs to. It's, this quote by a Sufi mystic. Sufi is like an Islamic uh, mystic. And the quote is, Know, O beloved, that man was not made in jest or at random, but for some great purpose and some glorious end. And I hold on to that. And being like, I believe that that's true for me. I believe that's true for you. I believe it's true for everybody watching. Mm-hmm. That we all have a role to play here. That none of this is on accident. And we're trying to do our best. Mm-hmm. And the forces that be, hopefully they're on our side. Hopefully yeah. we can learn to walk with them properly. Um, but I, I just, especially coming from this area where there's just so much hopelessness. Yeah. And just so much just like I'm stuck here. And just being like, I I didn't come from a rich family. Almost all of my traveling that I did back, at least back in the States, was done off of my own wallet. Like, I put out this book. I had started to go fund me and a lot of really great people gave towards it and it's it exists, mm-hmm. you know? And you can too. Like yeah. you too. Where can people find the book? So or the, purchase it. I would recommend either going to Pressed, um, because I have it on sale there, or just coming to any of my shows or, or hitting up me personally about it. It's you can get it online. I'm working on getting it on Amazon. It's on Lulu.com. That's where I got it made from. But it's super expensive on there because of just the shipping, shipping and all that other yeah. stuff. So I would just say, come get to me. What, what is like if someone says I want to go to press tomorrow? What crisp dollar bill do they need to bring? It's just it's ten dollars. Not I, bad. Yeah. So that's what I do. It's I mean it cost me after getting it printed because there's pictures in it because it's not just like text. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty expensive. So I'm I mean after shipping, 
I it's like eight dollars per book. So yeah. I maybe make two. Yeah. Like and again, I don't do this because I want to make money. I do this because art's in me and it wants to get out. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. So I yeah, so that would be a great way to do it. Uh I am working on uh like a like an ebook and I'll Wanted to do an audio book, but that's just a pain in the ass. I'm having a really hard time with that, but mm-hmm. hopefully I'll get that out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I'm at, well, and actually, like, if we're plugging things, we're doing a poetry night at Prest on July, I should know this, 12th. July 12th. July 12th. And so it's an open mic, but there's also, like, some individuals who have said that they're going to be there and be featured acts, and, mm-hmm. and I'm one of them and some friends of mine. So if you're a poet yourself and you're looking for a place to promote your stuff to, to try, you know, giving a giving it a go, just hit me up personally or message us on the press website. We'll get you there and we'll make sure that, that you can do it. But yeah, it's something that's happening. Awesome. Yeah. One of these days when I get the equipment I want mm. and it's easier for me to travel because mm. I know press doesn't is the corner's nice size, mm-hmm. but Probably not podcast size, but if I had mm-hmm. my other stuff, I'd be a lot more better. But one day yeah. we'll do like a something live at the yeah, absolutely. I know that all of us would love that. Mm, yeah, yeah, we're all done with that. I'll start. I'll start coming by more and seeing some events, and sure. and then I can plug them on here and talk about it more. Yeah, hit me up whenever you're there because I live above it. I probably I don't know if I want to put that on the internet, but now you know where I live. Yeah, that's right. oh. <laughs> you can throw pebbles at it. Yeah, come on out. Yeah, Let's... no, I get that all the time. It's it's really cool because then it's like my friends just come to me to some mm-hmm. degree, you yeah. know, like getting a Snapchat from a, a buddy and just being like, Hey, I'm downstairs. And then it's like, all right, I'll go put on pants and come down and say hi. Yeah. You know, um, the only thing I got to plug that I want to talk about real quick is, um, you know, this interview will air. It's going to air on Friday okay. um, at 12. It's like, it'll, it'll be on, on YouTube. I'll probably put the audio out a day early. Cause mm-hmm. I kind of like putting out, like just teasing it. Sure. And this way it kind of gets some traffic to the audio and then to the video. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, our, our, my friends from uh, Murder My Dude are, um, you know, he goes by Jackson Wells on the show. I don't know. Mm-hmm. His, I mean, mm-hmm. if you do enough research, you can find his real name. But uh, Jackson Wells from from uh, uh, Murder My Dude is a huge fan of Press Coffee. He goes mm-hmm. out all the time. He hangs out. Yeah. Really cool dude. Check out his podcast. It's a local thing. Um, yep. I love it. I think it's cool. Yeah, he's um, a good dude. They just did. I, I, I was listening to the coffee press. Like, they did mm-hmm. a coffee shop episode. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about weird like murders that had yeah. re- relate to coffee shops yeah, um, which were funny. they were still fascinating yeah and then they just wrapped up their episode that was a pride month episode hmm. so once again it is murder mm-hmm. um and and death but they do it and in in, they make it not so much light the pride one's not light it does talk about people who were legit murdered because of what their sexuality was which is mm-hmm. super sad but it still brings that awareness and mm-hmm. says this is why Pride Month exists. Right, and why it's important. Yes, yeah. exactly. So shout out to those guys. Um, next interview that we'll be doing will be, I'm super excited for, Haley Stokes. Okay. Um, she is a local artist. Hmm. Like she kind of, do. I, she's starting her own comic book. Oh, really? She, she does all of the art for the band Look Alive. Yeah, so okay. The I, eyeballs, I, yeah. yeah, the eyeballs that you see for Look Alive and the, the zombie girl yeah. is all done by her. Wow, like, like, that's great, dude. She's unreal. And there's her little plug for interviews. Nice, yeah, adorable. But yeah, she's super. Wow. Like, honestly, like yeah, I can, look great I can book. see that in a Marvel book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's one she just did, where she she did a tribute to another artist, and the artist, I think it's this one. So this is the actual artist's version, mm. and they said, hey, if you can. D- draw this character but in your style but use the same things mm-hmm. and that's her version mm. 
Like that's sick. Yeah. That's so I'm cool. really excited to sit down with her and her and the guy who's going to help her write and do the comic. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be next episode and that'll air, um, next Friday, Nice. but a lot, a lot of cool stuff, man. And yeah. we got to do this again. Absolutely. Man. Um, like I said, things that weren't cool in high school, mm. we do talk like TVs, music, comic books, movies, television, everything in between, but we do like to plug local stuff that's in the business. So if you have something going on at press that you want to come on and promote, mm-hmm. let me know that that's, that's every Thursday night. Mm. So the Thursday before just hit me up like, Hey, do you have an open spot? And we'll get you on and we'll talk about it. Awesome, man. Um, if you guys are interested in something cool, the majestic theater in Pottsville mm. this Tuesday, I'll be having a meeting for Skookstock, um, which I've talked about plenty on here. If you want tickets for Skookstock, eight lost and bands, it's on, uh, it's on, it's on Facebook. Just search it. Skookstock. Like Woodstock with Skook, um, the Majestic Theater is doing. Um, they're going to show Sixteen Candles. Oh wow! In downtown that's Boston. pretty cool. So if there's, that's an awesome movie, yeah. And if they you did, wonder, uh, they the did Breakfast Ferris, Club, Ferris Bueller a couple weeks ago. Oh, and yeah, yeah, you're right. Breakfast they Club. They did the Warriors. Wow! Like every wow, movie they put on there is like all oh, my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in Possible. Just go mm. look for it. We have yeah, a, we have absolutely. a movie theater that's showing old school movies. Yeah. Like. I, I wish I wish I would have seen every one of those movies just to say I seen them in a, the- a movie theater setting again. Yeah, because it'd be fun. Yeah, and I guess I I would just say you know if you want to check me out or anything I'm about uh, churches and trains is my Facebook page. Yeah, I'll so, have that in the link in the description yeah. below as well. Yeah, so yeah, just click on that. There's a ampersand in it that's always screws with people because they type out churches and train instead of yeah. churches weird symbol train. Yeah, but. I don't like to be found easily, apparently. Because I used yeah. to, I don't know if you knew this, I used to go as Timmy Mangle, but I would spell Timmy T-I-M-Y. Yeah. So, like, whenever I would play a show, I'd be like, my name's Timmy Mangle, blah, 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 blah. But then, like, no one would ever find me because my name was spelled wrong. Yeah. But what Live it, and learn. I, yeah. 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 And then I go and put an ampersand in it and make it even harder. But, yeah. Yeah, so find me there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going on tour in August from August 9th till the 18th with... Uh, Tyler Trauman of Condition Oakland. We're working nice. on that at the moment. I've heard a lot of good things about that band. He, dude, he's, Ty, I mean, Tyler's. It's a band, right? Condition well, Oakland. Okay, so Condition Oakland is a band, but it originally started as a just an individual guy, Tyler Trautman. Really? And he, so he's like the 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 fore figure of that whole project. So there's been. Like I'm the face of interviews, banging beers, mm-hmm. but I have people that are on it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, and so yeah. he like he's res- he's cycled through like several different bands and whatnot, and he's he just actually started a, a it's still Condition Oakland, but got new band members and everything. That's such a cool name too. Yeah, it sounds condi- super punk rock. It really does. And dude, <laughs> okay, so this is actually like really funny. I played a house show with Tyler years ago, and. I was so intimidated because he was this big figure in the the DIY scene and like, you know, this guy that's just been doing it forever. Is he from around here? Mm-hmm. He's from Ashland. Okay. Yeah. So you got to have him on. He's really good friends with Ted Hazard, too. I just I, had yeah, Ted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he was so self-conscious. He's like, I hope I did really good. I'm like, I was fun, man. Yeah. Well, I, that's just Teddy. Yeah. But I, I love I Ted, love Ted as well. Yeah. He, um, but yeah, Tyler, I he took me on my first tour a couple of years ago back in 2016 and we're going at it again. He's like one of my favorite buddies to do anything with. Yeah, send him over. Tell yeah. him you'll contact this guy. Absolutely. But yeah, thanks for having me so much, man. Uh, what did you think of your thanks. experience? You have fun? Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like, I I can't even remember if I said this in the pot. I think I did. Yeah. We talked about it a lot. But it's just nice to like find someone who actually wants to just talk about things. Mm-hmm. You know? Did it live up to the expectations? You said you were excited? Yeah, right. absolutely. We nailed like, it. Yeah, I like. I guess I try not to have a lot of expectations going into things. I mm-hmm. just kind of want things to be whatever they are because expectations are false theories about the future or yeah. whatever, you know? 
So it's just like, well, whatever this is is going to be whatever it is, and it was great. Yeah, so, I had a blast. Yeah, a really good conversation. I want to shake your hand, but I feel like I'm not going to do that because we talked. Hold on camera, like this, the handshake. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Buy his book, Coffee Press. Thank you so much, man, for hanging yeah, out. No and, problem. Uh, that'll wrap it up for interviews every day, people. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, you didn't quite beat the record. I think Courtney still has it. Yeah, I'll but, have to come uh, back and. Yeah, dethrone her. <laughs> it's gonna be hard. Just, yeah, that she's amazing. But uh, thank you yeah. once again, man, and and go check him out. All the links in the description will be below. Um, we'll have the co press coffee on there. We'll have his his personal page, music page, the whole nine. Check it all out below. Go support yeah. some local stuff and let's have some fun. And and right. and come hang out and you'll see me there as well. Yep. See you later, guys.